parte il capitano il tiro che This goal was scored by Roma, Serie A and Italy legend Francesco Totti in the 2016-2017 season. I actually remember this goal, bro. He was brought on in the 85th minute to replace Keita. Um, Roma were losing about 2-1 and he scored in the 86th and in the 89th minute guaranteeing Champions League football for them. He made the commentator cry and he probably made a lot of Roma fans cry as well because that was his last season at Roma. He retired in 2017 after his relationship with Spalletti went from bad to worse. Yes, um, he's notorious for falling out with people. <laughs> Totti, of course, he had the beef with um, Spalletti back then, Pallotta, as you mentioned. Um, he's had a few encounters on the pitch, a few fights, you know. Yeah, he spent his entire career at Roma, so possibly there was an element of him thinking he was slightly bigger than the club, or at least bigger than Luciano Spalletti. He started there in 1992 as a senior player, and he was a youth there from, I believe, 1989. Um, he's, he played 619 games and scored 250 goals in a Roma kit, so... Maybe yeah. he is bigger than the club, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Turning down Real Madrid, of course, to stay over there. He said that he has two regrets in football, bro. You know what they are? What are they? The foul on Ballotelli. That, that was terrible. Incredibly malicious one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and spitting on Paulson, man. So incredibly human, man. Yeah, and so and he, he admits it, at least. Obviously, I think, bro, he must be one of the greatest Italian players in history. I mean, when you look at what he was good at, the list just goes on and on. So, obviously, specialist from the spot, his free kicks weren't too shabby either. He used to score a bunch of goals. In fact, he's up there in the Serie A top scorers in history. Um, his vision, his creativity, his control, the fact that he was so elegant, yet he was a hustler at the same time. Yeah. He wasn't the quickest, but he had a good turn of acceleration. He had that trademark no-look-back heel about him. His touch, bro, his touch was golden as well. They used to call him the golden boy, in, yeah, in fact. That's true, that's true. I actually saw it recently. The golden boy, the eighth king of Rome, <laughs> the big baby, the captain, the gladiator. These are all different nicknames. He's the had. big baby is a good one. He mm -hmm. was um, 22 when he became captain of Rome. And I believe to this day, he is still the youngest captain ever, obviously. In Serie A, um, obviously there was like Donnarumma who wore the armband for mm -hmm. a while, but he was vice captain behind behind Romagnoli. True. So yeah, he still holds that to his name. And bro, my favorite thing ever about Totti is that goal he scored against Inter. Do you know the one I'm talking about? The chip. The chip. It was gorgeous. A delicious, yeah. a delicious chip. He had received the ball in his own half. He had uh, uh, two players that fucking slid into him and he managed to stay on his feet. He, was, he still had one player to beat, decided not to beat him at all, and he just chipped Julio Cesar yeah. from miles out, bro. This was like in 2005, I believe. I remember that. It was fantastic. Absolutely breathtaking. One of, one of my favorites, man. He had his celebrations, obviously. Yes, with, the, with the shirts, right? Yeah, he, he used to pull <laughs> up his shirt that used to have messages under it. My favorite one was in... 1999, Derby della Capitale, which is obviously why we chose Totti for yeah. this intro. Um, 
he lifted his shirt to the Lazio fans and he and it said, I've purged you guys again. <laughs> because he, he was notorious for scoring yeah. against them. He even took a selfie with against he, them. He had, uh, he had taken a selfie with the Roma fans. Uh-huh. <laughs> he had he had some beautiful ones for his wife. You're one of a kind. Yeah. And another one that said, you're still the one. He had one, sorry for the delay, in 2012 because he had a goal drought. Speaking of his, of his wife, he actually has a quote. I believe it was Totti. He said, um, I've cheated on all my women, but I will never cheat on Roma. Oh my God. So <laughs> he's openly admitting. So he's openly like, admitting. Like, every time I, for, like, I celebrated praising my wife, you know, or mm. shouting out my wife, it's probably because he had, you know, <laughs> done God some... knows what he had done before. Yeah. He also had free Juliana who was a journalist named Juliana Sgrena, who was kidnapped in 2005. So, lovely guy as well, bit of, yeah. a, bit of a humanitarian. Tati actually managed to do something that not many people have managed to do, bro. Mm. He managed to win the Scudetto with Roma <laughs> in, in, back in 2001. Of course, he also won the Coppa Italia with them in 2007 and in 2008 back-to-back, including the Super Coppa Italiana in 2001 and 2007. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. he won the fucking FIFA World Cup in 2006 and he was named as one of the players of the tournament. He was in the all-star team. Um, he was the top assist provider as well. So it's not like he was just, you know, in, a, in and out of the team. He was a consistent starter. Yeah. Um, and in his career for Italy, he has nine goals in 58 games, which doesn't sound crazy. But he was also player of the tournament in the Euros of 2000, where yeah. Italy had lost to France in the, Two in the one, final. In the final. Yeah, the yeah. golden goal rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trezeguet knocked them out of the competition, of course. Well, it's no secret that Totti has had a great career, a glittering career. His life since retiring has been a bit weird. Professionally, he, in 2017, he confirmed his retirement and he became a club director for Roma. Two years later, in 2019, he announced his resignation from his managerial role at Roma and he accused the chairman, James Pallotta, um, for not involving him enough in the club's decision-making. What an ego, man. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy did bits for the club and just seems like he keeps, you know, encountering shit along the way. He said he'll consider making a comeback. But it'll it'll only be under new new ownership, which they have now. They have yes, they they've since moved on from Pallotta, but he still hasn't um, taken on a new managerial position. But he is at the games every single game of Roma. He's in the stands. Yeah, he's so, there. He's so there I'm sure the that he does some kind of work behind the scenes, or he will mm-hmm. do something in the future. I'd like to read his biography. It's titled "All About Totti." I'm gonna chip him now. <laughs> what a douchebag. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Serie A Spotlight. We're your hosts, Jake and Matt. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you have you get your podcasts. You know, anywhere basically you can follow anyone. We're there, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You click, we talk, baby. That's it. Prediction series, bro. Yes, yes. Now, bro, I need to tell you that you are. Crotone 2016-17 Super I am Benevento 2020-2021 Literally At this rate I'm getting relegated And you're going for salvation Miraculously against all odds Can we just point out What an absolute beast I was I got 15 
You got that's, nine. That's the highest so far, to be I honest. think so, yeah. It, it must be. I got three correct scores. We both failed miserably in the Roma Derby. We both yes. anticipated that Lazio win. I thought Lazio would, would beat them, especially because um, Roma were playing midweek. But, but anyway, we'll talk about that later on. Yep, and I think we're going to talk about it right now as we oh. first have a sip of our Bombay Spice, tonic. baby. Is that what it's called? Bombay Spice? Bombay? Or, or Bombay add... Sapphire. Ah, Bombay Sapphire. Okay, I added the spice. <laughs> Vapor infused. I don't have spice. Okay. So yeah, we could just jump into the Roma Derby. Yes. To be honest, that was the headline game of, of this weekend. It was Roma 3, Lazio 0, which was astonishing. The previous encounter was a Lazio victory, 3-2. And this was the... 194th edition of the Derby della Capitale. Lazio have won 55 of those. Roma have won 73 of those. There have been 66 draws. Lazio have gotten themselves 199 goals. Roma have gotten themselves 246 goals. Roma are coming off a 1-1 away draw to Udinese. Lazio coming off a 1-0 home victory to Venezia. And coming into this game, Lazio stood only one point ahead of Roma in 5th and 6th respectively, with both teams at full strength, barring the ban of Zaccagni. So, Tammy Abraham got himself the fastest goal ever scored in Serie A Derby della Capitale history after Pellegrini went for a goal from a corner, which smacked the woodwork, fell to Tammy Abraham, and he tapped it into an empty net with only seconds gone by, just under one minute. So, great start for the, for the Giallo Rossi. In the 22nd minute, Tammy Abraham scored his second goal after Mkhitaryan found Karsdorp in some space at the side of the box and he provided a low and powerful cross which was volleyed into an empty net by Tammy. Again, right place, right time by the Englishman. In the 40th minute, things went from bad to fucking worse for Lazio. There is a free kick outside the area on the right-hand side. Typically, that would fancy a left-footer. Pellegrini steps up and he just smacks it into the top corner. There was a goal. Nothing any keeper in the world could have done about that. And it was quite a shock. And the man from our intro could be seen smirking in the stands. He he enjoyed that one. (laughs) Of course, you could call Pellegrini the second coming of Totti if he he stays there for for some time. Um, Well, for the entirety of his career, rather. At the end of the first half, Mkhitaryan took a shot from distance, it deflected off Acerbi and it rattled the post and it had Strakosha beaten. So it was all Roma in the first half and in fact the, the Roma Curva fans started olaying after every pass and Mourinho got really pissed off with them. He went up to like the stands and he's like shushing them, telling them to shut the fuck up. Probably yeah. knows that Roma tend to bottle a couple of, of games here yeah. and there, man. Did you see Mourinho calling for the the ball? The ball boy had the ball and the Lazio player was calling for it. And Mourinho was like, give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> and the ball boy gave it to the Lazio player. Mourinho was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Roma were technically at home. So yeah. the ball boy, you should, know. Should have known his shit better. Exactly, exactly. In the second half, Tammy could have had a hat-trick. He could have gotten his third goal. There, was a, there was a super ball by Mancini from his own half. Bro, from miles away, like, and he just fucking... See. And it made it, 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 he put Tammy clean through on goal, but he just couldn't hit the target. Ball went just wide, and it was the first time he was really unlucky in, in, this, in this match. So this was the biggest margin of victory for Roma against Lazio since 1999. Ooh. What did you make of this game? 
So, as I mentioned um, before we went into the play-by-play, um, I thought that Roma would be the underdogs going to this simply because they exhausted so much energy midweek, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, I think Mourinho was confident going into it. He even he passed the comment. Confident. Even passed the comment. You know, we're here playing in Europe while lots are at home smoking cigarettes with Sari. <laughs> You know, and it turns out they weren't smoking cigarettes. They were smoking ganja, baby, because they, <laughs> they were fucking asleep, man. They, they forgot. They didn't show up, goal. like, and and that's the thing. Roma got an early goal, and you give Roma an early goal, you're fucked, like, because mm-hmm. in reality they want you to attack them so they can counter. Mm. So what happened? Lots of were trying to get forward, and Roma just punished them every time. In fact, that's what Sari said. Sari basically said after the goal in the first minute, lots of were shooketh, and they just let the anxiety get the better of them. They were misplacing their passes. Um, he said that tactical difficulties in the match were hardly the problem. Hmm. Sounds like something a manager would say, <laughs> no? <laughs> exactly. Way to throw 11 men under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. Let's talk Tammy. Mm-hmm. A little bit yeah. um, A brace from him He's officially broken Battistuta and Montella's record Of 21 yes. goals in their debut season for Roma Tammy has 22 With plenty of games left to play He scored mm-hmm. two against Atalanta Two against Empoli And now two against Lazio so. how, how interesting mm. Mm. Why is it interesting? Because I recall about three episodes ago You said that Tammy could be doing better So it wasn't three episodes ago It was around... Five, I Five think, episodes, episodes ago. ago. It was that time where Roma simply weren't scoring from open play. Mm-hmm. My point was in no regard saying that Tammy Abraham is not having a good season and that he's not stellar for, for Roma and in this area. My point was Roma aren't scoring from open play. Mm-hmm. Tammy isn't scoring from open play. Tammy has hit the post on multiple occasions. Especially early on. Especially early on. Before he he had missed a couple of chances. And it just feels like, whether we like it or not, all right, the, the goals are there, 22 goals, mm-hmm. wow, in all competitions. I think he has 15 in For Syria. a 24-year-old in his first For year a 24-year-old in his first year in Italy, it's crazy. You know? For an Englishman as well, these exactly. guys tend to struggle in their opening few few True. seasons, particularly True. up front. That trend seems to be changing, even with Tomori, Tomori coming in and leaving an yeah. impact, like... But anyway, yeah, yeah. Smalling was a bad idea, but please. Smalling was, was good. Uh, but yeah, just... A lot of praise for for Tammy Abraham. Obviously, there there was a, a dip for Roma where they couldn't find the where they couldn't find the back of the net from open play. In fact, they only got one in this game from open play. Classic. It was that that ball by Karsdorp and and Tammy volleyed and it home. And to be honest, that was some nice direct football. Very to be nice. With you you know, nice. only forward passes. You know what a goal. Mikitarian was super underrated in that. The way yeah. he held the ball and just unleashed Karsdorp down that flank, just. Perfectly, he really put him behind the defense, and then Karzop was like, "Okay, get this ball into the box, get it past the defenders, and Tammy's there, and he'll, he'll volley it home." I love how Mkhitaryan does that. He like he has this burst of pace, and then he slows it down and mm. waits for everyone to catch up. Then he plays them through. Exactly, it's really fun to exactly. watch. Exactly, and, and he's a huge guy. He's got long legs, like long limbs. So. Mkhitaryan. No, no, sorry, I, I, I thought you were talking about Tammy, because Tammy charges into the box and then he slows uh, down, I thought that's what you were saying. Yes, no, no, but um, I, I was talking more about like Mkhitaryan's marauding runs down the middle, yeah, you know, as well. and then he holds play like, and he waits mm-hmm. for the wingers to catch up, or like that's Pellegrini, true. the fullbacks. That's true, the way he, the way he played cards up through, in fact. Yes. Let's move, let's shift our focus to the left wing back department for oh, yes. Roma, Zalewski. Zalewski, wow. 20 years old. Yeah. First 
season at Roma, replacing Spinazzola, and, and he's I don't, it, yeah, I, I don't think he's currently missed at at the moment, Spinazzola, because of Zalewski's performances. Yeah, definitely not, man. He's he's been so good, Zalewski. And mm-hmm. Mourinho said, you know, that the media bit his head off for yeah. starting a twenty-year-old, you know, week, and he's like, where, where is he getting these youths from? Play the players. Mm. That you have, you know, the players on the high salaries play the guys that you're meant to play. Mm-hmm. But no, man, Mourinho does have like praise to him, power to him. He can mm-hmm. find a gem in a team. He can, man. He, he's done it. He's he's created so much talent everywhere. Everywhere he's gone. We see the Verona game. You know, they saved his ass. These youths. Mm-hmm. We see John, John, for example. Yeah. His, his discovery. Zalewski as well. That's Literally. like four youth players in a season. You know, you're lucky if you get one and two. Mm-hmm. And he's done it with he's done it with a bunch of teams as well, man. Not just not just Roma. Yeah. So just to into the perspective of Zalewski's performance against Lazio okay he missed a chance at a point he literally passed it to the keeper um, who parried it but but he should have finished cleaner over there but obviously he's not used to being in front of goal at 20 years old in in Serie A so let's not talk about that seven tackles five interceptions and 30 of his 36 passes were accurate not only that but he totally neutralized Philip Anderson who ended up going to the other flank. Yeah. Sarri swapped him around yeah. to go to the other flank so that maybe he'll fucking do yeah. something. So Zalewski was on point, bro. Definitely. And let's not forget that there's Marisic and Milinkovic Savic on that mm. side too. Like, you know, he had, uh, he had quite the task over yeah, there. It's the fucking Derby He was dispossessed once, Zalewski. <laughs> Mental. Very, very good performance. Insane performance. Obviously, Pellegrini didn't have a bad performance either. All around, I think we could we could applaud the, the entire Roma staff, really. Yeah. They did what they do, basically. And Lazio simply didn't have any answers. Yes. We spoke about, yep, Roma as well. They played Vitesse midweek. Lazio were smoking cigarettes um, with, with Sarri. Why do you think Lazio weren't capable of, of responding? Do you think it was that early goal that set everything off? Uh, I, I think so. I think, first of all, Roma, defensively, they're pretty solid, mm. right? So if they afford to sit back, they're going to give you a hard time to penetrate. Mm-hmm. And Lazio just had an off day as well to make matters worse. Like mm. they were awful, you yeah. know. Going, they didn't really terrible, create much. Terrible, In the terrible. second half, they reacted well, but too little, too late. Like that's it, you know. Um, I'm just gonna check quickly distance covered um, very, very quickly just to see because it felt to me that Lazio weren't at the races at all, and I'd really like to see the statistics of that. Yeah, I, I to, to be honest, they didn't even see much of the ball. It was lateral passes more than anything. They they didn't seem to have any creativity about them. But there was a bit of a, you know, press by Mourinho. Normally we see Mourinho's side sit back a lot, but they were piling pressure on Lazio. And it's like once they got that goal, they were so confident. They were just always dispossessing Lazio yeah. at that point. The- Look at this, how interesting. Lazio actually held the ball. Like, only Torino held the ball more than them Jesus this week. Christ. They had it for 32 All lateral minutes. passes, though. Does it say how many key passes they, they had while it, they held the ball it for will, that long? but I need to organise myself. And that's a little <laughs> bit tough right now. Um, teams ranking top attempts. Top attempts. Lazio had nine. They're in 15th. Roma had 11. They're in 13th this match day. Okay. Okay, interesting, um, interesting. So, and key passes, here's the stat of key passes, actually, you asked specifically about that. Roma had five key passes, Lazio had seven. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, but not good enough, clearly. Yeah. 
So Roma and Lazio both improved from January. I think, you know, Roma are, are unbeaten in, in around six games, I believe now, whilst Lazio have been getting goals. They, they had that streak of 3-0 victories as well. And they, you know, they were in fifth place before this, before this game, which was a massive improvement. Do you think, judging by this performance, that Roma's improvement was more significant than Lazio or was it a bit of an off day? Um, I think Lazio were on the right track prior to this man. They mm. looked much better than Roma, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Even even the way they play the football, they they bring forward. Um, I don't know if this is a turning point for mm. them. You know that's the thing. You know you see these guys are so close together in the table, and one of them dominates the other so much. It's never gonna look good yeah. for Lazio. You know yeah, that's true. Uh, but I don't want to be reactionary and say that Roma are much better because we've seen Roma totally not show up mm-hmm. against. But then the difference is that Mourinho is capable as fuck of getting three points. He's just capable of doing that. And whether they do it pretty, it's kind of like it could be deemed a bit of a leg ball at times. Yeah, this certainly of, wasn't the case. It's a trend right now, huh? in the second part of the season. Even yeah. Milan. You know, yeah, I mean, one in, nil, in one the nil, first one half nil. of the season, you fucking see four threes in Serie A. And then you yeah. start seeing the nil-nils and the one-nils after Things January. get serious. Things get very serious, man. So, I said Roma were unbeaten around six games, but it's actually nine matches as they celebrate fifth place, same points as sixth place Atalanta, but Atalanta have that game in hand. Lazio are in seventh, two points behind both Roma and Atalanta. Very good. Moving on to the next game. Cagliari nil, Milan won. Another clean 1-0. That was Tomori's reaction after the game. The man loves... <laughs> A clean sheet. The man loves a, a one zero. zero. Yes, he's basically a leg. He's adopted child. Yes. <laughs> so the reverse fixture of this game was actually a four one victory for Milan. If you remember, there was a Giroud double in it. Tonali scored, Leao scored, and Deola scored mm. for Cagliari. Yeah, it was one of the opening matches of the season. It was like match day. Yeah, it was one of the like early match ones. Day four I don't or remember which there. one exactly. Cagliari have only one. F- one out of their last 37 games against Milan, actually. It was one out of the last 37. The last one came back in May 2017. That was the game that Paletta got a crazy red card. Lapadula oh scored. God. Joao Pedro scored. Then a guy called Fabio Piscane or Piscane <laughs> scored the 93rd minute winner for them. Yes, Jesus. and that was their only win in the last 37 times That's, we faced off. That is peak banter era, man. Yeah, Lapadula with the goal. <laughs> now, this game coming into it had all the elements to be the one of those games you know yeah. w- with Pans um, Luca Panzavecchia shout out to him we always shout talk out. about the the one of those games you know awkward <laughs> time awkward venue injuries Krunic playing in a like weird the Monday 745 exactly, exactly getting a fucking gondola to play the game for example you know <laughs> shit like that now let's let's see why so Inter had just drawn 1-1 to Fiorentina Milan had to take on these relegation-threatened pit bulls mm. in Sardinia, you know. Um, terrible conditions. The rain, the weather was, was absolutely terrible. terrible. You know it's bad rain when you don't tell that it's raining when the camera zooms out. The one <laughs> exactly. zooms in, the players are drenched. You know what I find absolutely astonishing? How you all stood on the sidelines. You read my mind, bro. Everyone in beanies and jackets and scarves freezing on the bench. And purely, Zerut is perfectly polished, though. 
bravo a te <laughs> embracing the cold like it doesn't give a fuck no it's actually impressive man. it is it is his head must radiate heat but anyway um all this by the way bro while carrying the psychological burden of almost missing out on champions league football last season after failing to beat Cagliari Mm. In the penultimate game Yeah, I remember that then It was it, a nil-nil Nil-nil, exactly And then Before it went down the to the Atal- Atalanta The Atalanta, Atalanta game. game It was after coming two. off the Juve game Against Cagliari exactly. and then Atalanta So exactly. the Cagliari game, realistically could We have... thought was the only game Milan could win out exactly. of those Exactly, Because back then, Atalanta were Milan's kryptonite Still, Pioli hadn't mm. quite figured them out yet Yeah because but anyway, two penalties. listen to the stat, bro. Milan, along with Manchester City, that's already a nice start, <laughs> have won 11 away games, a record in Europe's top five leagues this season. Hey, fucking right, nice. man. And Milan fucking have right. scored in every single away game this season. Oh, yes. So, very nice stats over oh, there. Oh, yes. Now, the goal came in the 59th minute through Ben Nasser. It was Brahim Diaz who whipped in a low ball. It came to Giroud who flicked it to Ben Nasser in the air. Who volleyed it instinctively and brilliantly? I have to say, what a clean strike! Benasser's finishing from outside the area is becoming quite deadly. I have to say. I think you mean Robin Van Persie, bro. Robin- <laughs> fucking I'm that volley. I'm telling you, this was probably not only the strike. It's not only about the strike. As a team goal, like if you look back at the sequence of play that led up to this moment, mm. this was probably Milan's best team goal this season. And it is exactly what Milan is set up for. That's why Milan want. That big guy up front To be able to lay the ball down To those midfielders man And They'll be able to produce Something like that Now Ben Nasser man We have to give him credit Because When Leao scores a goal Like that Or of similar nature Mm -hmm. Like just a spectacular strike And and we get a 1-0 victory I always say like That's why you get players like Leao Leao, Because they can get you a goal Out of nothing Difference makers Difference makers Ben Nasser has done exactly that It didn't look like Milan were going to get a comfortable goal at any point in the game. Yeah. And Ben Asser just had that in his locker. It's man. not the first time he saved us this season, has to be said. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, Giroud missed earlier on. He missed a pretty good chance. Um, I thought he, he was going to bury it, you know, um, judging from what we've seen from him. Um, during this sequence of play, if anyone, in case anyone forgot, like Theo Hernandez, by the way, really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, really fast. <laughs> in case fast. you guys. <laughs> To, realize. to get to that ball, man There was a long ball over the top I, I could have sworn it was going out Teo Hernandez looked like a superhero He looked like the Flash man just charging Honestly, he's like So much faster than everyone else That must be fun Playing football and being that much faster than oh, everyone else I, I mean And the fact that he's strong as well When, when it comes yes. to that And one thing I really like about Teo At the moment, going a bit off topic Is how much he's brushed up defensively So he can yes. do that And then his tracking back is way more powerful Than it was last yes. year he was phenomenal this game. He rendered Bellanova absolutely useless. Bellanova actually had to change wing. He changed as flank. well as he well. He changed flank. Yeah, he went on the left hand side Christ. for the for the second half. Yeah, Te- Theo. I mean, just looking at who scored over here. Normally, they're harsh when people don't contribute. Like if you have a shit game and you contribute, then you suddenly have an eight. Yeah. Theo didn't contribute, and he got an eight point rating, which is which is fucking crazy, man. It is. It really is. Kessie hit the post this game from a distance and he's off to Barcelona. Agreement reached, yeah. contract signed. Thoughts? Happy for him. You happy for him? No. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean what, what can I say more about Kessie? Milan will continue to use him as a servant of the club until the final day. Yes. Okay, a little bit makeshift here and there because Tonali and Ben Nasser move the ball around brilliantly. And I feel like Milan are no longer Kessie reliant as they were 
last season. Mm-hmm. He was uh, somewhat of a goal-scoring midfielder, especially because he was taking penalties as mm-hmm. well. He dictated the play from the back always. He was always the guy receiving the ball and playing it down to the flank to start the play. And he always in pockets of space. So he was an important uh, player within the club. Probably if Mila hung on to him, he'd be an important player next season or the season after. I'm sure this season is just a bad run of form for him. Yeah. But I can't. I, I, I simply cannot forgive Kessie because simply he's seen this happen with the two star players last season yes. in Chalanoglu and sure. Donnarumma and he's repeated the same feat and all you need to do is listen to our last episode the Milan special to see how we feel about these guys and yeah. Kessie has now joined that list so shout out to Beppe and Flynn shout out to Beppe and Flynn and, and Meagles how can I forget <laughs> Meagles they took the spotlight I feel bad for Meagles needs a snippet we need to give Meagles a snippet we'll give Meagles a snippet no problem the like, man g- talks guys it's, it's Meaglas <laughs> No, but Kessie does enter enter that fray now. He's a player that starting as soon as the season ends, he will be a player I dislike. At the moment, he has my support as long as he's playing football and he doesn't have the armband around him. But as soon as that ends, I'm no longer his fan at the, all. The fact is, now, now the most realistic thing as to why Kessie did this, you know, Kessie in reality isn't loyal to Milan, granted. But he's loyal to his agent. Now, probably he thanks his his success in football in his career to his agent, right? And he feels like he owes him something. Now, that 10 million commission that Barcelona are going to give the agent is enough to set this guy's future fucking, like what, how many generations does that settlement? 10 million fucking euros, you know? God knows, He's man. set, you know? His family's set forever. And probably Kessie feels the need to, to pay him those respects. I mean, I don't agree with how he did it, but, you know, fuck it, man. Fuck yeah. it. It is what it is. It's a trend in football. We're seeing it. Now Juve all of a sudden, you know, before it was only Milan, 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 Milan. Now Juve are about to lose the ball on Bernardeschi. Yeah, and that, that, that's a unique one because we'll, we'll get into this, yeah. but, but it seems like it was more from the club's end than the player's end as a twist of how normally things are going nowadays. I mean, it's very simple. The reason is it is way more easier for your demands to be met if people don't need to go through the club first. Yes. If Barca would, would have needed to go through Milan... And Kessie wants to join Barca. Barca would have needed to pay, for example, 50 million for him. Of course, of course, of course, yes. And Barca would have said no, and Kessie ends up staying at Milan and he's unhappy. So he ran down his contract. Of course. He held the club hostage. He wanted to keep on getting minutes, so he lied to our faces (laughs) for all that time. His words at the uh, at the Olympics were the worst. That's uh, it, that's man. It. That, that, that interview that's was extra, and I'm sure he understands that. You, that was, you a, listen to that was the, a mistake. You listened to episode one, episode two of Serie A Spotlight, and you were saying, what do you think of Kessie's contract talks? Yeah. I said, I have no worry about Kessie. Yeah. I said, because he's been, he's been talking like mm. a rat. <laughs> yap, yap, yap. Yapa, yapa. And, and, and now this is happening, but Milan, Maldini... Yeah, trust them completely and I trust they'll replace him because every single player has deemed to be replaceable so far yeah um, shortly after that bro after Kessie's miss Brahim Diaz failed to hit the target after some intricate play by the Rossoneri um, it was a pretty bad miss he teed it up to curve it and he didn't hit the target mm-hmm. um, Brahim's first half was abysmal can we agree there yes, he was shit he was, shit he was, he was. and people you know are very quick for some reason people enjoy Shitting on Brahim Diaz. Mm. They enjoy it, you know. They forget that so many players have flopped 
in the first season and then exploded later on. Mm-hmm. And they forget the <laughs> beginning of the season yeah. as well, where he was yes. a bit of a star. Player now, now for me, as well. I've made my point about Brahim Diaz, how I don't think he should be a starter, and it's not his fault. He's a starter. He should be um, a backup to a starting Tricorte. So that's not his I fault. Agree. That's the management's fault. He's forced to play every single game, and the fans are turning on him. Well, yeah. the, the fans online, to be honest, in the stadium, mm-hmm. they don't fucking boo him. I, but anyway, my point was he grew into the game in the second half. He did. Do you think overall he had a good game? Um, I mean, overall, I, I wouldn't say he had a good game. I wouldn't say he had mm. a good game. I mean, a good. He, he would have had a decent game had he converted that in the second half, but oh. he he simply didn't. He he grew into the game and he played his role better. But I mean, as an attacking midfielder, as a modern attacking midfielder, I think we need to start seeing some more conversions from him. And I know that's not his style of play and. You know he he tends to play dribble a couple of players mm. and play the ball and he's good yeah. at that. But he's not a direct player. He he doesn't charge towards goal and just create a goal scoring opportunity. He plays it a little safe every every now and then. Yeah. And I think Milan fans are are particularly upset about that. How they want an attacking midfielder that contributes more. Yes. And, and they, you know, Chalanoglu used to take corners, used to take free kicks, so it was easier for him to contribute. It was easier for people to be his fan. Brahim Diaz is still needs to continue proving himself, but his shooting is terrible, needs addressing, and he is incredibly replaceable. Next season, breakout season, and I'm gonna get him on Fanta for one credit. Now you see, <laughs> I'll fight you for all, that. All mine, all mine. <laughs> Um, but the worst miss of the game, since we're collecting all the Milan misses and talking about them, mm. was Calabria's. Oh my Calabria God. won the ball back in our half, blistering down the blistering run, sorry, down the middle of the pitch. Rain in his eyes, hair mm. wet. You know, Rebic gets the ball, who enter, entered the pitch pretty well. Mm-hmm. He entered the game pretty well today. We, we got that version of Rebic. Yeah. Um, he played him through, and Calabria was one on one with the keeper. And Passed it right into him. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was bad. It was quite bad. It right? was bad, and I was screaming because obviously I'm a bit romantic towards Calabria, and mm. I was hoping that that he would be able to to get that to get that goal that you know he normally has a goal or two in him per per season, and yeah. he, he unfortunately he didn't get it then. Can we address that fucking heart attack Pavoletti gave us in the last yes, fucking th- minute? Yes, that was, that was the next one, actually. Um, that was Zappa. Zappa entered uh, when Bellanova went on the left. To mm. play on the left, Zappa played exactly. down the right. Yeah. He was playing down Theo's flank. Now, there was a point where before Theo could approach him, he crossed the ball. Um, he whipped in a dirty ball to Pavoletti, <laughs> who headed it into the crossbar. Now, the, here I got shades of Salernitana's Juric person. Yes, yes, you know, yes, same. A same. big guy with long hair hitting the fucking crossbar with his head. Oh, Terrible. But, you know, it wasn't... It was heading in, you know? Mm. There was a point it was heading in, and Benasser actually cleared it off the line. He had money on beat. Oh, Benasser got ben attached Asser to got it? got attached to it. I saw the replay. Oh I didn't realise at the time. I, I, I didn't realise either. I haven't watched a replay of the match yet. That's yeah. fucking crazy. But that's the... Scary thing about the one nils that Tomori is so mm-hmm. happy about is we always say it about Juve. They're fucking risking it. They man. are. They are. They're <laughs> risking it. And you concede in the eighty third. You're done. The thing like, is, Milan like, try. Milan try to get the goals. They're just struggling for goals mm-hmm. at the moment. I I would mm-hmm. say getting victories, which is all well and good, but th- it this does need to improve if they're looking to win the Scudetto this year, which fucking for I sure, hope they for do. Sure. 
Milan can score more than one goal only against the big teams, bro. <laughs> exactly. It's as we discussed in the last podcast where we said big teams tend to attack Milan and they cause pockets of space when doing so. And Milan are good at attacking those pockets of space. That's true. That's true. Unfortunately, we're going to have to discuss this again, bro. Of course, we're called, say, a spotlight. So it's, I guess we can, we can assume that this is always going to be there every single season that we're doing this podcast. We're going to be like... Fucking shambolic, bro. Honestly, the racist chance at the end of the game were fucking embarrassing, man. Towards Manian Tomori and Kalulu, I believe. Yeah. Absolutely fucking terrible. Like, Cagliari's best players are black, man. Can I make a point about Cagliari's best players, which, yes, in fact, they are black as well. Yeah. Joao Pedro mm-hmm. was very, very close to Tomori and Manian whilst the racist chants were mm-hmm. going on. Yes. Normally, what you would see as a captain, a captain as a Syria representative, as mm-hmm. a black man with other black people on the pitch, intervene to your fans. If anyone can stop your fans from doing that shit, it is you yeah. as their captain, which also happens to be black. He could have stepped in there, and I, I, he heard them. Bro. Do you know what he did? Joao Pedro? Yeah. No. He had an interview after the game. He said he didn't hear anything because he was in midfield. There's a quote, a direct quote. He didn't hear anything because he was in midfield. And that he always has to support his fans because he's the captain. Ah, oh, super. Yeah. That's I mean, if he didn't so hear anything, good. shut the fuck up. You know? No, I mean, that's clearly a lie because and then he, he, and it's he not went like on with that And never done statement. this before. What do you mean you support your fans if they're making monkey chants to black players? It's absolutely What do you terrible, mean honestly. you support your fans? It's so stupid. You can't fix ignorance, you know? And then you have those poor Cagliari fans, the ones that actually aren't racist, you know? Yeah. They're holding signs. They're like, we, we're against racism. We're like, all right, but like, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's not enough. The, the pick of a bad bunch. Eh? We've spoken about the, the best solution. I believe the best solution, once again, is literally... Fan, banning fans from the stadium It will encourage people to stop people from chanting Because they would want their 12th man over there mm. behind them That's it, stadium fans for everyone It's not a solution, it's a way to control it Because mm-hmm. unfortunately yes. there, there doesn't seem to be a solution to these things To anymore. ignorance, there will never be a solution to ignorance Never ever, ever. It, will, it will always be there But say I need to control it to the best of their abilities And implementing stadium bans And, and Improving the technology in order to identify the people, they can fucking do it. They can do it. It's a Syria. I think po- the points deduction thing will never happen, and to be honest, it's a bit of a ridiculous claim. No, uh, and and yeah, it is a it is a ridiculous uh, it is a ridiculous claim. I think it's unrealistic to be yeah, honest. Yeah. They barely get it for corruption. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, On to a brighter note, bro. Milan's wage bill in the 2018-19 season was 142 million. 693,000 euros gross. And where did Milan finish? Fifth? Something like that. Yes, yeah, fifth, fifth, fifth. Fifth in 2018-19. In June 2019, Maldini became technical director. Our wage bill is now 81,960,000 euros gross. 43, 43% less, while Milan are also in first. And where are we? First place my brother you goddamn fucking right put some respect on paolo maldini's name fucking right before you complain about the players leaving for free which i mean you're totally entitled to do as i am (laughs) fucking see what a difference this man is making to the team yes 
without even making profits. Like he doesn't even exactly. care about you know making money off his players. He's like, as if I need it. I have gazidis with these brand deals. You think I'm, I give a fuck? I've said it before and I've said it ag- and I'll say it again. Maldini is Brad Pitt and Moneyball. <laughs> Massara is Jonah Hill. Yeah, who's who's purely man? Purely would need to be that annoying fat coach right? <laughs> that, that, that kept on saying that he I'm playing. To be- I'm, uh, what was his name again? Jambi. Jambi. I'm playing Jambi. Anyway, um, I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to add, bro. No, no, I think I think okay. we've said it all. So Milan are three points ahead of Napoli in first, while Cagliari are three points off of relegation zone in six in seventeenth. Sorry, with Venezia failing to win this week, the Venetians still have a game in hand, of course. Before this game, Napoli were actually tied on points with Milan after they beat Udinese two goals to one. Now, the previous encounter, this was Udinese nil, Napoli four. Napoli do happen to be unbeaten in their last 11 Serie A matches against Udinese, winning 10 and drawing one in the process. Their only longer current unbeaten streak in Serie A is against Torino, where they have 13 games in a row unbeaten. Napoli are coming off a 2-1 away win to Verona in spectacular fashion and there was a lot of racist chance there as well. West Udinese are coming off an impressive 1-1 home draw to Roma. Napoli opted to start Politano ahead of Lozano who was an unused substitute and Lobotka also started the match in the middle ahead of Zielinski. So the scoring was actually opened by Udinese. It was Delafoe after Pereira found the Spanish just outside the area who converted into the bottom corner. A really precise shot. It was a, a shock lead. Gerard! <laughs> a shock lead for the Bianconeri. A few moments later, there was a fucking fantastic save by Ospina to deny Marin's header. It was fucking gorgeous. And then it was in the second half, in the 52nd minute, where Ozyman managed to convert. It was one of Napoli's many free-kick routines, as Rui surprisingly took a free-kick that Insignia seemed to be teeing up himself. He was placing the ball down, and as soon as he let go, Rui came in and whipped the ball in. I'd say Rui played phenomenally. Rui has been... Really good in the past, like five games mm-hmm. for for Napoli. He's been really good, and I think Spalletti has found a way to utilize him, particularly to utilize that left foot of his man. True, he's been solid, and this is once again something Spalletti has done really well. It's where Napoli were struggling last year to find goals. He's implemented these free kick routines, kind of like Italy were in the Euros, and they managed to find a lot of success over there as well. Eleven minutes later, in the 63rd, it was Ozyman again. After Politano found Di Lorenzo on the overlap on the side of the box, he pulled the ball back into a crowded near post. Ozyman got there first and managed to slot the ball past Silvestri. In the 86th minute, Mari got a red card after he tried to volley the ball that was teed up in front of him. But Zielinski got there first, took the ball away, and he ended up volleying Zielinski. Unlucky, Mari had a really good game up until this point, in my opinion. He did have a good game, he did have a good game. And that was unlucky, and there's always a shout saying that, look, it is unintentional as fuck, and mm. it's not a red card. Do I particularly agree? No, I still think it 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 should be. It's unintentional. Given. It's manslaughter. <laughs> there was there was a really controversial one. Uh, Real against United in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, where Nani was looking at a ball that was coming down. He went to control the ball. He raised his foot to control the ball, and he ended up fucking kicking Modric, I think, in the stomach or or in the chest. So yeah, and he got a red card over there, and Alex Ferguson went on an entire rant. So. These have always been controversial, but Mari did get the red card over here. 
Silvestri managed to deny Mario Rui later on in the game. He was in on goal and Silvestri managed to save the ball over there. Um, when the ball bounced back to Rui, Silvestri was on the ground but managed to get up and tip the ball onto the post to get the ball away from him and into safety. Bit of controversy in the 94th when Udinese thought they had a penalty but in fact they didn't and Napoli managed to get away with full three points. So I think a shout out has to go to both goalkeepers in this match. I thought they both had a brilliant game in Ospina and Silvestri. Um, Silvestri, funnily enough, a good friend of ours on the podcast. Is it um, Pablo? Pablo, friend said, of the podcast, massive friend of the podcast. Thank you, Pablo, as always. He said that Silvestri looks like a custom GTA character, <laughs> and I think that that is fucking spot on. Absolutely, man. Fucking um, hilarious. You know, this, he has the Luxalt braids going yeah, on for those who don't it's know. It's so looks good. Like, right I, like I, I definitely had a GTA character yeah. that looked like that. Like, That's talk about so your hairstyle and your face not matching. Yeah, right? I think he looks cool, though. Yeah, I, I think, think so? he looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's hard to say he looks cool in a goalkeeper, kid, but I think when he's out, like wearing some baggy clothes or some shit, he must look dangerous, man. He must oh, look we, should, we might want to consider him for one of our posts. Ooh, not a bad one. Does he have drip? I don't. That's a question. That's he probably like, imagine he, he doesn't, braids. and he has that hairstyle. Imagine like he just wears polo know, brown <laughs> suits and polo shirts. So where does Ospina rank in the list of great goalkeepers that there are in Italy? Because I personally never rated him, but this season he's been he's been fucking good. So he's he's been good since joining <laughs> Napoli. Now he was a bit of a meme at Arsenal, you know, mm. when he was with Arsenal. But if you go if you speak to a Colombian, mm. which I have the pleasure of doing through Daniel and Jonathan, mm. um, they view him as a hero because of his heroics for Colombia. You know, he's a good keeper capable of doing some miraculous things. Mm. Um, where does he rank? I would say outside of the top six goalkeepers. In yeah, I would say he's somewhere there. I would mm-hmm. say around sixth, seventh. Yeah, I think yeah. there are a, a list of, of goalkeepers and there's a worst myriad teams. of goalkeepers yeah. in Italy. They're so good, all of them. Like, for the Empoli game, one of my questions for is actually about Vicario. He's so good. Man. I love Vicario. Vicario, you have Cranio, you have all these guys, man. Even, even Romero on relegation battling Venezia it's is a true. goalkeeper, you it's know? That's true. They have, what, what are they called, Salernitana? I have Sepe as well, who's a solid have goalkeeper. Sepe. You know? I, I never thought Belek was bad for them either. I didn't I thought, either. I thought Belek I was either. fine. And yeah, but I, I mean, Silvestri is a good goalkeeper. I didn't well. think that Sepe deserved to play in Serie B either. And not only did he play in Serie B, he got benched because fucking Buffon decided <laughs> he wants true. to live forever. It's <laughs> but but he, got a, he got a nice little upgrade yeah. over there. Ozyman made history. He's become the fourth African player in Serie A to score more than 10 goals in two consecutive seasons. Um, he joins the likes of George Weah, Samuel Eto'o and Mohamed Salah. Not a bad bunch to be up Good there company. With. Good company for sure. I'd have dinner with them. <laughs> um, Ozyman's future is certainly bright, bro. Atalanta, Atalanta. Napoli are going to have to work really hard to to convince him that there's a project there that he should stay there because in reality Ozyman's a player that can be playing for a top side you know mm-hmm. he's as modern as it gets for us as a striker you know he, he he's dynamic he can get the ball at the halfway line and cause havoc you know in a few touches he'll be at mm-hmm. the box Literally. you know what I mean? he's good in the air he's a clinical finisher he's, he's like the intelligence the Hollands yeah all this new he's one of the new wave of strikers he's of young talent that, that's coming mobile through. target men that's what they are these exactly. guys exactly they're yeah. big they're quick they're athletes man I think Tammy's one of them as well to be fair sure sure fair enough 
Um, apparently, Arsenal and United are sniffing around. We know that they need strikers. Um, City need a striker as well. He wouldn't be a bad shout at a Pep Guardiola team. God knows Mamma the mia. fucking monster he turned him into. But yeah, I think I think Ozyman has 11 goals in 20 matches this season. He only played 20 matches is, is the thing because he had that terrible injury. Yes, eh? for some reason, maybe it's like a voodoo curse or something. Um, the voodoo shit. <laughs> he... He's quite unlucky when it comes to injuries, and he gets the most random ones. Like, you know, he aggravated, he, he got his first, he, I forgot it was, I think either fractured or dislocated his shoulder, probably a fracture. Mm, mm. I think it was a fracture, and he aggravated it on international yeah, duty. Uh-huh. And then the next season, where he's like, there was that, that COVID, he got thing COVID well, at the party in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> he, he broke his face, screening lots an odd injury. Yeah. Like, so very unlucky when it comes to injuries for sure. I wonder if next season if he stays healthy, how many goals he can get. I guarantee you easily twenty goals. I agree. He is also missing Napoli's next game against Atalanta. Yes. Because in the ninety second minute he got a yellow card for a handball, and that was his fifth yellow card, yeah. causing him to be Zakani style. Yeah. So <laughs> causing him to be suspended against Atalanta. Rahmani also picked up his fifth yellow card in the 65th minute so they're missing both those guys in the Atalanta game both pretty detrimental now yes. would you have subbed out Ozyman before the 92nd if he was one yellow card away from missing the game against Atalanta or would you have kept him on because the score was still tight at 2-1 and Udinese were attacking hmm they had already brought on Mertens Mertens in, in my opinion should have probably come on for for Ozyman, because they can't bring on Petania because he's still injured for They brought him on for Fabian Ruiz in the 46th minute. That's mm-hmm. an odd one. It is an odd one. Ta- was he, did he have a knock, Fabian? No, I don't think so. Okay, so a tactical It did come up on my Fanta if he did. How weird. Um, it clearly worked because within the next 15 minutes, Ozyman scored twice with Mertens on the page. Yeah, that's so true. that worked. That's um, to be honest, bro, a red card for Mari in the 82nd minute. Spalletti was probably like, you know, I'm going to keep Victor on so he gets his hat-trick on the break while they're attacking, you know, his first Ozzy say a hat that hold-up play and, and then the, the kind of like that, we call it the Borja Mayoral effect. Yeah, the, yeah. You give him a long ball and he, he's capable of taking it to the corner flag or winning a foul. He, he keeps his legs on him for 90 minutes, Ozzyman, so... It's easy for us to say, yes, I would have I would have subbed him out because he's missing the game. He and had he been subbed out, he wouldn't have missed the game. He would have been pissed. That's the reality if you subbed him out. A striker who's on two goals, you sub them out, they're going to be pissed. And you don't want to piss off. Was he meant because he's your best player? Yeah, That's but it. then you do run the risk of losing him for the Atalanta game. And I think sure. if Spalletti explains that to him, not in a Spalletti way, then, then maybe <laughs> he'd, he'd understand Yeah, that. so now Mertens or Petania, bro, against Atalanta, who would you start? I, I think... Mertens, definitely Mertens, uh, simply because we know what he's capable of. Yeah. And despite the, the fact that he's 34 right. years old, you put him on and he looks like a 28-year-old at times. You, you know what I mean? So I'd definitely start Mertens for that experience against Atalanta as well. They're all-time leading top scorer. If you have that guy at your Arsenal and you play Petania ahead of them, you're a bit fucking cuckoo. <laughs> but to be honest, bro, against the back line of Atalanta, you know, you have the likes of Demiral, you have that animal in Palomino, you know. Mm. Having a big guy might not be a bad idea. I but then you, have, you can have Mertens to play between the lines as well, so you don't even need to get close to them. That's the reality. Yeah, of it. yeah, that's probably, that's probably true. I think Petania will leave next next season. I think he'll maybe go Downgrade, to a, yeah, a Hellas Verona kind of, mm. kind of scene. 
Um, I think, bro, we spoke a lot about Napoli here. I think Udinese put up a good fight. They did. They, they did. thought they had a penalty at the end. And in their previous fixtures, man, they've held Roma, Milan and Lazio. In their last four. In their last four, they've held Roma, Milan and Lazio. The other match out of these last four was a victory against Sampdoria. What do you expect from them for the remainder of the season? And how do you think they'll react next season? So, when it comes to Udinese, I do not think that they're a particularly ambitious group as of late. Mm. Um, it very much depends. Now that Beto slowed down, I think that he'll probably stay there for another season. Mm-hmm. The question is, will... Will he get going again? <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't know. That is I, if Udinese redeem him. I think most likely they will. I think when a player joins from an obscure Portuguese team to a big team like like Udinese. a top five yeah, yeah, team, yeah, yeah. yes, Udinese, they're a big team. Of course, they're in the top five. Um, if top, we play five. top five. Ah, top leagues. five leagues. Yes, top <laughs> five leagues. Um, I don't know. I think they'll have a better season next season than they had this season for sure mm. um, I don't know maybe 10th would be an objective for them but I don't realistically see them possibly getting anything mm. higher than that right now I mean they, they have to hold on to Delafeu and Pereira uh-huh. I feel like which is two. hard to yeah. be honest at this even even Molina at this point would be yeah hard Molina as to. well like we also they, they did kind of take a bit of a hit when De Paul left obviously yeah. this season Um and yeah, they, they will take another hit if they lose any of those guys, to be honest. Did you see the Paul laughing in Ronaldo's face? No. <laughs> when <laughs> when Atletico knocked out um, United in the in the Europa, Champions League? Champions, Champions League. League, yes. In the Champions League, the Paul went up to Ronaldo after they scored the goal. Ronaldo was on the floor, like like waving his arms, you know, complaining. And the Paul went in his face and just went like... He's a dude, honestly, watching him... For all those seasons in Italy, he's such a shit talker. Yeah, he is. And I remember seeing him, bro. The the worst shit talking game I've ever seen by him was against Brazil Mm. in the Argent. No, what's it called? The Copa. The Copa. uh, The Copa Copa America. America. Yes, Mm. in the Copa America final, bro. He didn't stop running his mouth to everyone, Mm. honestly. And Argentina have a couple of those characters. They have Emiliano Martinez in. Then you see Messi doesn't open his mouth. We know why that is. Um, Napoli are now in second place, three points behind leaders AC Milan. That sounds so good. (laughs) Udinese in 14th, now eight points from the drop, and they also have two games in hand. So the next game we're going to be covering is Inter 1, Fiorentina 1. In the reverse fixture, Fiorentina scored after 23 minutes, but lost 3-1. Nico Gonzalez got sent off that game. I remember, I remember. remember. Now, Inter have one win in their last five games. Mm. Crazy. <laughs> Inter are the team against which Fiorentina have scored the most Serie A goals. Okay. 214 goals the Viola have scored against them. Jesus. Fiorentina have 44 wins. There have been 55 draws and they have lost 69 times in 168 games. Jesus. Yes, so the play-by-play. Lautaro scored after getting on the end of a Dumfries cross early on, but the goal was ruled out due to Lautaro being in an offside position. Yep. In the 50th minute, Torreira, once again, once again, bro. My God. Inserting himself well. There was nice work by Gonzalez on the right-hand side, who really compensated for his red card in the the first Mm -hmm. fixture. Um, 
He squared it into Torreira, who once again yes, attacked the space very well. He managed to convert. He must have taken our words personally. Hey, man, like all okay. I said is that he's replaceable and he needs to brush up his yeah. shooting and he just hasn't We're stopped. We're like a professional man. footballer. He's like, <laughs> he's like he's like to shoot. He inserted himself so aggressively he lost a tooth. I saw, I saw, I posted on social media. A front media. tooth, yes. Like, <laughs> it's funny, wow, I found that out through him, like, <laughs> posting on social media. Like, oh, guys, I lost the tooth. He's like, thumbs up, you know, big smile <laughs> with a massive gap in it. The London look. <laughs> in the 55th minute, just five minutes later, talk about complacency after scoring mm. a goal, a lack of concentration. Dumfries scored. There was a great ball by Perisic down the left-hand side to Dumfries who headed the ball in dominantly. Such a formidable figure, Denzel Dumfries, bro. He reminds me of Wesley Snipes, bro. <laughs> he does look like Wesley Snipes. And that movie, what was it called? Where he's like killing vampires and, and like demons. What was it called? Oh, God knows, man. I forgot. I was never... Blade! Blade! Bro. Okay. Dumfries is fucking... <laughs> I think he'll be so much better next season, Dumfries. He had a bit of a slow start because he was getting used to the league, but I think he'll be he's, so good for entire next season. He's, he's been good, in my opinion, too. Mm. And, and he will only get better. And Perisic, as well, has been fucking phenomenal, man. Um, you know, the left to the right, that's it, right? Yeah. The left, left to the right. Now, the referee gave Inter a penalty for a supposed foul by Venuti on Lautaro, but overturned the decision after a VAR review. Yep, correct okay. call. In the dying moments of the game... Jonathan Icone <laughs> absolutely spun Chalanoglu, but failed. Yeah, he destroyed him, bro. He left him on the floor like, you know, like stanky leg, all that. But he failed to beat Handanovic. That would have been a fantastic ending to the mm-hmm. game. But of course, um, a good enough result for Fiorentina and a negative enough result for Inter, who would like to win the title. So, bro, Inter since the start of 2002. We discussed this often. Mm-hmm. Is it still a case of their Brozovic dependent? He was missing again this game. I mean, it's definitely a factor. They are definitely a better side with, with Brozovic in the team. However, we've seen them drop points with Brozovic in the team as well. I think the problem is much more than just Brozovic. To be honest, I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, bro. They're just not in the races mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. this year. And I, I don't know. It's, it's like I'm not seeing them improving at all anywhere. Either. I mean, Lautaro is still struggling up there. Like, mm-hmm. all right, he got, he, got his, he got his goals, but he's still, still significantly struggling. Chalanoglu's been fucking awful for them. He's they been they played him as a regista in Brozovic's position over here. You know, um, Flynn said because he praised him, he would have the game of his life. But in reality, that did not happen, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, this is the second draw in a row for Inter where they could have very easily lost. There was the yes. last game against Torino, who this week lost against Genoa, by the way. <laughs> there was... Um, and, and Torino should have had a penalty and they managed to get a goal in the 94th minute Inter or, or something like True. that through Alexis Sanchez. And then in this one, Fiorentina, to be honest, deserved to win the game, in my opinion. They were yes. the better side. Then Inter, even with that chance of Icone, at the end, they could have very much done it. And, aha, man, 
I was gonna say I'm worried about Inter. I'm not worried fucking at all about Inter. But they're they're struggling. <laughs> they are struggling. But Brozovic is coming back, and I think he just pinned the contract. No, did he? Did he signed the contract, I believe. No contract extension. Till 2026. Uh, yes. Now he is the metronome of this team. We've discussed it many times. I would go as far as saying that Inter are Brozovic dependent. I've spoke to two good friends of mine that support Inter. I know um, mm. Pete Bayada and Luke Grima. Shout out to them. Luke Grima was actually on the podcast when. Yeah. Who actually spun, you know, <laughs> Devry. Um, yes, they're Brozovic dependent. Brozovic can calm the tempo, keep the game going. You know, he's all over the pitch. His mm-hmm. work rate is insane. He's technical. And he's you know. the. Do you know if you're struggling? If there are no players in in space at all, you play it to Brozovic until he finds his he'll way sort out. Sort it out exactly. He's that safe, safe guy, and and he makes his partners in Chalanoglu and Barella much better aside from the entire team. True. They play much better when he's around, and he kind of links the defense to the attack, and and, and he just interplay amazingly with them. But we can't deny that that they've been struggling with him yes. in the team as well recently, and we've even seen him misplay some passes at the back as well. True. Look at this, bro. Brozovic, amongst the midfielders in Serie A since 2014, ranks first in touches, Whoa. first in successful passes, first in successful passes in the opposition half, third in tackles, and second in second assists. Now, second assist is kind of like what Brahim Diaz got. Uh, the it's like the pre-assist. Yeah, like I said about Barella exactly. and, and him getting exactly. five That's assists in the game. Astronomical baby No you know, it's nuts What a it's, player It's nuts And I think he ranks first In the amount of happy meals Consumed before a game Exactly Happy meals performing. Cigarettes And diet cokes <laughs> Right before the game Then he goes and runs 12 kilometers um, Bro Terracciano He was fantastic He had a one-on-one save On Zeko He had a good save On Vidal Another good save On Barella You know he's just flying All over uh-huh. the place Remember they had a goalkeeper With a beard What was his name That guy um, Ah Dragovsky 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 Who's better bro I mean <laughs> Terracciano's just come in And he's looking Better Than, than Dragovsky Right now Yes Especially right, right as of he, late How Dragovsky uh-huh. was playing eh? As of late Terracciano is one of the best keepers In the league Man As, as it stands Because he keeps making Save after save after mm-hmm. save And it doesn't look like Dragovsky is going to be reintroduced Unless there's a penalty shootout And, and they bring him on In the 120th mm-hmm. minute I, One of them has to leave mm-hmm. One of them has to leave Because they're both You know Starter quality Dragovsky is 24 years old, Terracciano's 32. So I guess Dragovsky being on the bench at this point in his career isn't ideal, but it's not the end of the world. No, yeah. 24 is incredibly young for a goalkeeper, mm. but I also think he's he's great. Like last season, he was good. And the season, he started off very strong as well. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did. Um, he started off well, had a few moments of... Weakness, you know, he, he, he wasn't great towards the end. Before his injury, he wasn't playing well. And then Terracciano came in, he was super convincing, and then you can't bench someone who's playing no, like no, that. No, you, you can't, know? you can't. So fair Even enough. Even though Terracciano was benched. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Brother. Yo. Saponara, man. What about him, dude? <laughs> he was rubbish, dude. He was shit, to be honest with you. I mean... He had a few nice moments, a few clever moments, but there was a counter-attack. He was 
awful. There was another time, like on the counter as well. Again, he fucked it up. Like he did not have a good game. And typically, these are the games he shows up in these big games, you know. And uh, mm. it was disappointing, you know. Steve messaged. He was like, "This is the Sapanara you and Matt rave on about." <laughs> oh come on! He was like, "World class ties yeah. about you." <laughs> Sapanara, one hundred percent, has certain qualities. Certain qualities that are world class. His consistency is not one of them. Yeah, and his fitness is not one of them. His as well. fitness is not his one of them. Technique, maybe I would say, but, but even world class is a word. I guess I wish it didn't exist. Man, as a term, I hate it. Honestly. That's n- Definitely not have the conversation about world God. class again because it's like four episodes well, in a what row. What does it mean? <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't know. Saponara, like you're saying, he didn't have a great performance against Inter. Mm-hmm. But he's the type of player that you don't need to worry about him getting into a bad groove because he he just comes out of it. True. It's it's spells with Saponara. We were raving about him because firstly we've enjoyed the highest of his spells throughout the past couple of years and he was always under the radar as a player when he literally on his day he's absolutely unplayable uh, it's true he is. It's on true his he is. day he is fucking unplayable and I rate him a lot a bad game against Inter guys relax like <laughs> bro um, we discussed before Torreira losing his tooth by the way mm. the last time someone lost a tooth in say if I recall correctly was when Nangolan collided with Kessie, remember? Oh my god, yes. He, he lost a front tooth as well. I remember. <laughs> Not too long ago, man. Two seasons two ago. Two seasons ago, something mm. like that. Way before he drunk drove, <laughs> crashed his car, you know, ruined his career. I remember once I was at I was at the the stadium in Ta'ali with Papa and we were watching Birkir Kara against I, I forgot who, but I think Pieta or Hips? Hips, Hips. And Xavier Darmanin was the keeper of Hips. And Etienne Barbara used to play for Birker Kara. Etienne Barbara is like this bad boy footballer. He's now retired, but he was this bad boy top footballer in, in Malta. And, and him and Darmanin collided and he lost four teeth. Oof. His fucking chin and his top were full of blood. He's walking off. I'm just a kid, you know, I'm, I'm fucking mm. freaking out. And he walks by the substitute bench, he kicks it, and he just demolishes it like it, it shatters, and he walks off. That's when you realize you're attracted to men. <laughs> That's when I realized I was into fighting. Uh, cool. I have a story as well about losing a tooth. When I was still a kid, and I had, I had my baby teeth. So uh. I was a Mosta. I used to play football with Mosta, and there was this kid who was in my age group somehow. He was... Mm. He was double my size, bro. His arms were massive. Like, like I'm pretty sure he had a beard as well. I fucking was remember this. He was a big this. kid. He was a big kid, and he was talking shit to me, and I was replying to him in Maltese, and I was like, why do you sound like that? I'm like, I speak English primarily. He was like, what? I'm like, yes. And he punched me in the <laughs> face. <laughs> I remember. He punched me in the face, and I lost the tooth. Like. I remember coming out. We used to wear that white kit of Mustang had like these red and blue kind of boxes yeah. a- around those squares. And I remember you with tissues in your mouth, like next to Papa, and he's all like a Madonna. So <laughs> <laughs> like my fucking kid can't defend himself. That, that, that's one of the two times you got fucking shafted for speaking English. That Bro, used to happen to you honestly, at the three r- religion school. Religion school. <laughs> catechism. Catechism. Yeah. Catechism. Of course, uh, m- must a power baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Where were we? Yes. So Piontek, bro. Mm. This is his fifth boom, boom. game against Inter without a goal. Could this become psychological? It could, eh? It could. Probably will. Do you think Piontek. it already is? No. I think once it's a round figure like five, I think that's when it comes a big deal to the media. And um, Piontek would probably know it. Piontek would be like, Jesus, I'm, I just don't score against, of against course, it. No, I'm so sure he's aware of it already. He'll put pressure on himself and I'm sure, yeah, it, it could very much be a thing. It yeah, could be a mental I, I block. I think it might be now already. Like, be over-eager almost. Yes. I'll take a shot when he should make a pass and it doesn't make his life any easier. Yes, for sure, for sure. So, if Fiorentina win their game in hand, bro, they'll be seventh. Nine points below Juve and fourth and totally in a run-in for, for the Europa League spots. For the Europa League, yes. For the Europa Champions League, Champions League yes. is a bit tight, of course. There's Lazio and Roma that are very, very difficult to get ahead of at uh-huh. the moment. And there's Atalanta as well, bear in mind. Those three True. are fucking dangerous. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's very exciting with this Fiorentina side. They're mm-hmm. really, really good. It's really mm-hmm. fun watching them. Um Inter, by the way, bro, um, update on them. Mm. They're trying to get a walkover for their game in hand against yeah, Bologna. A, a three nil They're walkover, trying to right? get the 3 0 They victory. fucking need it. I'll give them that. Just much, play man. them, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But. Classic, fuck it, right? Classic. You, know what, you know what upsets me? You know what pisses me off? What? They'll probably get it. They'll probably get the 3 0 victory <laughs> over there. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm not surprised that they're pushing for it. They weren't pushing for it when they were first by six points. Yeah. They weren't fucking pushing for it then. They're pushing for it now. Of course. When they want, if they play, they want us the last game of the season. Yeah. When Bologna already at the beach. <laughs> so, Inter, bro, currently sit third with 60 points. Six points off of Milan first, while Fiorentina sit in eighth with 47 points. Moving on to fourth spot, it is Juve 2, Salernitana 0. So the previous encounter in this game was also a 2-0 victory for Juve. 2-0 wins for Juve because sometimes Allegri adds a bit of spice if they're winning 1-0 against a weaker <laughs> opponent, so they decide to get a second. Juve have won three of their last five against Salernitana and only conceded one in the process. But this time they face a hungry Salernitana who are coming off an impressive 2-2 home draw to Sassuolo. So in the fifth minute, there was a goal by Dybala, um, an assist by Vlaovic. Quadrado found Vlaovic inside the box who provided a short but crucial ball to Dybala whose touch took him away from a defender and he finished past Sepe cleanly. There were a couple of chances here and there for Vlaovic as well and even Dybala. And in the 29th minute, Vlaovic scored after a towering header over the Salern- all of the Salernitana defenders and he headed into the bottom corner after a pinpoint cross by Dacilio, who had so much time and space to just deliver that. So a 2-0 victory for Juve, but Salernitana did not really make it easy. But I say that because they had chances but after Juve were 2-0 up so that's pretty classic Mm. in that sense they start defending at that point they matched Juve's total of 12 shots they matched Juve's 86% pass success rate obviously with around 100 Mm. passes less than Juve to be fair they beat Juve in aerial duels 11-9 and they also matched Juve in tackles taking the ball from the Bianconeri on 17 occasions what did you make of this game? I think it was pretty straightforward, standard stuff for Juve, especially considering that they got the early goal once again. Uh, very similar to what happened again in the Roma game. You know, mm. they scored after five minutes. All of a sudden, Salernitana are attacking more than they would have probably liked to. 
leaving enough space for Deshilia to find Vlaovic and to score. And all of a sudden, they're 2-0 up in the 30th minute, you know. Allegri's on the sideline, rubbing his hands, lick, <laughs> licking his lips. You know, he's like, "Oh, we're not, a, we're not having, an, we're not taking another shot this game." <laughs> um, but strictly business for them. You know, they came, they got it done, they move. Um, exactly. I'm more concerned about what happened in the Villarreal game, bro. That's that's me. what that's what I was gonna say. So I was gonna say Juve victorious again, great run of form, sixteen matches unbeaten. Mm-hmm. They have players that are now playing in their position and playing in uh, p- playing a role that could benefit the team. But we need to talk about the terrible Champions League exit against Villarreal after a three nil home loss against Villarreal, who you know. Yeah, not that good, like. But, 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 but they're not that good. But they have that guy, man. Gerard Moreno. No, man, Unai Emery. Ah, Unai and Emery. And Unai Emery is a knockout beast. Yeah, in the Europa well, League. In the Europa, but not only, bro. Not only, not only. Honestly, he's always, always, always giving teams a hassle every time he faces off against them. He's tactically, he's a good manager. That yes, guy. he is a good. Uh, good evening. <laughs> Hello and good evening. <laughs> No, he is a good manager, but 3-0. Yes. Juve Villarreal. I know, I know, I know. So it should never happen. And the thing is, the sad thing about that is that, you know, Juve played their most offensive game against Villarreal. They actually went out attacking. They actually created... Like, I saw a tweet that said, we've actually created more chances this game than we have all season, you know? <laughs> like, they were really attacking them. And I don't think a 3-0 does... Their performance justice, you know. This is why I disagree with everyone talking about oh, Juve need to fix their style of play because they're so negative and uh, Mm -hmm. and all this, all that. When they play that system, Juve win and they get points. They beat who they have to beat, they draw who they have to draw. There's 16 games consecutive, consecutive winning and drawing games, mostly victories. And people are out here saying because they play negative football, because they play negative football. Bear in mind, bro, Juve came into the season losing Cristiano Ronaldo. They only picked up Vlaovic in January. Mm-hmm. They're doing what they have to, to do, to and they're honest. in the top four. I was the first one saying they'll never make top four. They don't deserve criticism in Serie A. They went to Europe and they did what they normally don't do. They had a side, like you said, Unai Emery. He gauged Juve. How are they? They're conservative. Why don't we hold back? Let them attack. Catch them on the break. We'll tire them out. Get them in the exactly. 70th. They pick their moments. They pick their moments and they're and fucking that's, perfect. At that's that. exactly what they did. They didn't allow Juve to play their game. Yeah. But when Juve are allowed to play their game, when they play their game, bro, they're in fourth. It's true. It's true. But, bro, I, I do agree with you. And, and it is the case that you know, Ronaldo leaving it till the very end to leave Juventus Fuck left them, them left them Fuck no them. yes, it shafted them. It left them absolutely no time to find a replacement. Even though it's hard to replace a man like that. But mm. um but yeah, and they had a weak start, but to be honest, they they've got going. The problem I think the, the critique that people the thing that people use to criticize Juventus is the fact that they have the players to play a lot more attractive football. They don't need to play a flat four four two. With no, with these players, no, with Rabiot on the wing, they're kind of now doing the whole swapping from four four two to four three three throughout the match. When yeah. obviously their players are fit, bear in mind they do have a list of injuries that goes on and yes, on and on true, and on. True. To be fair to them as well, look at me just sticking up for you, well fucking weird. 
but but that's the way the that's the way it goes. I mean, they were playing this weird flat four four two, like you're saying, with Rabiot on the wing for four months, five five months. Soon as they swapped to the four three three, and they had originally Chiesa on one side, Morata on the other side, Vlaovic up front, and Dybala behind the striker, and then Dybala being a secondary striker next to Vlaovic. That's fucking crazy. They play good football then. Allegri style doesn't mean that Vlaovic is going to get 30 goals in a season. It simply doesn't mean that. Italiano's style of play does guarantee Vlaovic 30 goals a season. But then again, why do you buy players? So that they get you the results that you're after. Allegri has won the league on multiple occasions playing this football. Multiple occasions. Do you think he'll be there next year, man? Allegri? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think if if he leaves, it would be on his own accord and not Juve's. Mm. This is if I'm not aware of some internal politics that maybe you're aware of. I don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not gonna be like. Well, actually, that is where you're mistaken, my friend. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk a bit about the number ten, Dybala. Sure. Reckon he'll try out the prem. So just to give you guys some context, Dybala will not be signing a contract with Juve. Juve have basically made a decision. They made a U-turn and they basically don't want Dybala to, to sign this extension. They don't want to offer him more than what they've already offered him. I think Dybala wants something like 9 million a year, my colleague told me. I, I don't. I, I heard it was. I heard it was Juventus that that made a U-turn. They were going to offer him a certain amount of money. They basically verbally told him that they were going to offer him a certain amount of money, and then they backed out of it. Mm. Which is just. I, I don't know. I'll need to read more about that to make a decision on who's weird here. Um, mm. But his future is 28 years old. He's linked with a move to Inter. Apparently, rumors are saying that Milan are sniffing around. Obviously, the top Serie A teams yeah, are going to be Milan, sniffing around. There's all those Prem teams, you know, the usual Spanish teams. Mm. And then there's the Prem, where he said on a couple of occasions that he might be interested in playing in the Premier this is, League. This is what happened, sorry, because I just fact-checked. They had a verbal agreement on a number, exactly. but um, yes, they had a verbal agreement to bump his salary up to £8 million. But it's been rolled back by the club, you're right, exactly. actually, you're right. Nice yes. as fuck, Matt. Good shit. Fuck now we're drawing the prediction series. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do you think he'll end up? Personally, can I just say something? Mm-hmm. I think Dybala at Napoli is super cool. It will never happen, but never that's happen. just... Never happen. The, the concept oh, of it is super cool. I, I think it doesn't match, like... That's why, though. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why. That's like saying, you know, someone who's in St. Martin's Form 5 uh. goes to the Hamroon Liceo <laughs> Form 5. Realistically, what will happen is Dybala is one of these brand players. You know what I mean? He mm. has his trademark celebration. He's got yes. a good face. He's a face. franchise player. He's got, exactly. He's got the techers mm-hmm. that the, the Prem is obsessed with and the brand that the Prem is obsessed with. He'll end up there. Um, okay, sure, I think it would be a safer option for him to go to Spain, bro. I think I think his style of play suits La Liga. I agree, well. I agree. And I think that's where he'll go, man, to be honest with you. Do I think it's Atletico Madrid? They've been the heavy the heavy favourites, but I don't you know, you know, you look at Joao Felix and you look at the way Atletico Madrid play and you say they're not getting the most out of him. Exactly. Similarly, he'd be making a sideways move, you know, going mm. to a team that doesn't allow him to express himself the way he should. Like, Look, 
Dybala's 28 years old. Firstly, I don't see him fitting into any of the top three Spanish... If you're going to go to Spain as someone who is a great footballer, it's either Real, Barca or oh, Atletico. Atletico. Yeah. Barca like getting players on a free mm-hmm. and to be honest, I'm unsure about how bad their the financial most... situation is because they're signing players. And exactly, FFP and doesn't they're paying their them. wages. But I think that's the most realistic move for him and Barcelona, to be that's honest. That's probably you. it in, in, in Spain. And, but they have Pedri and then that just fits that role. Mm-hmm. Pedri's a bit deeper, no? A little bit deeper, but yeah. but Barca play, a, I believe it's a 4-3-3, not like a 4-3-1-2 yeah, or a 4-3-2-1. can play anywhere along the, the front line, though. I remember Palermo played as a striker. That's true, that's true. But, but um, yeah, I, I, I think he'll go to the Prem, man. We'll see. If he goes to the Premier League, he might tear it up, man. Mm. Like, you know, people yeah. will be like, who's better, Messi or Dybala? <laughs> Conte mm-hmm. is at Spurs. Yes, I, I heard this rumour as well. Imagine he goes to Spurs and tries to win the league. I see him in a Spurs kit, but that's probably because Inter have a pretty white kit and, and that yeah. is my imagination. A pretty white kit. <laughs> Pellegrini had a really good game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's he been shot on by a couple of Juve fans and, and I think that he's establishing himself a little bit in that left-back role. Yeah, and he hasn't been bad, in my opinion, either. Yeah. And also, it seems like Colantuono will need to stick to his stationary bicycle in his home gym as Salernitana are done. I mean, 16 points. 30, Nicola, 30. No, oh, shit. Yeah, Nicola. Fuck it, I'm not gonna edit that. Um, <laughs> it seems like he'll need to stay on his stationary bike in his home gym because Salernitana are finished. Yes, I would love to see Colantuono trying to ride a bike. <laughs> So, Juve are in fourth. They're now one point behind Inter, but negative football. They're four points behind (laughs) Napoli, but negative football. And they're seven points behind Milan, but negative football. They're also eight points ahead of Roma and Atalanta, but negative football. Negative football. Salernitana are last six points behind Venezia in 19th and Genoa in 18th, but positive football. Questa mattina. <laughs> so the next game we're going to be discussing is Bologna nil, Atalanta one. The reverse fixture ended nil nil. Duvan Zapata also missed that game, and Ilicic was still playing that game. How I miss him! How I miss him! How I miss him! Same here, man. Yeah. Get well soon, brother. Now Bologna have made the three goalless Serie A games in a row against. Atalanta, their worst streak against Atalanta since their four-game goalless streak between 1973 and 1978. 1973. That's a cute little statistic. <laughs> They're so specific. I love them. <laughs> so Atalanta's winner who had plenty of time and made no mistakes in burying it. Now, this guy is the class of from the class of 2003. That's actually crazy. He only played three games with the Primavera before Gasparini called him up to the senior squad. Now, before playing for Atalanta's Primavera, he was playing for a team called Renaissance Refugees. Oh my from, God. From Lecce. Consisting of asylum seekers and refugees. Oh my god. Atalanta noticed him and decided to buy him in, in January for the spring, locking in that fourth non EU spot. Look at you, brother. Look at you. So, like, crazy, bro. Crazy how they put, like, 
everything to, to acquire this guy, you know, four, yeah, four non-EU spots. And they, spent, they used up one of them on an 18-year-old, basically, who no one's ever heard of playing with a renaissance fucking and getting getting refugees. the winner when Atalanta are in quite a dire situation man. of course they might not course. even fucking and he was Europe. so humble in his celebration man he put his hands up like he was smiling head down you know it was like Jesus so Christ nice that he happened, was like right? I can't believe it you know he was shell shocked <laughs> by it all his teammates gathered around it was such a lovely refugees. Oh such a God. lovely moment man um, Atalanta got what they came for mm-hmm but they struggled in doing so, bro. They were very wasteful. The worst miss probably coming from their young defender, Scalvini. Yeah, he hit the um, post, Exactly, no? exactly. After a corner, he was at the, at the far post. As we've said before, bro, they need their big man up front, back, um, especially if they want to go all the way in the Europa League. At this point, they're probably going to need to do so to achieve Champions League qualification. They're going to need to win the Europa League. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. They're, like I said, eight points yeah. shy of Juve and that fourth spot. And, and it just does seem like Lazio and yeah. Roma would get um, the better of them. As they, In fact, Roma did get the better of them. And Atalanta had held Lazio in spectacular fashion when they had nine players missing. For sure, bro. And in reality, you know, you can tell that they're putting all their eggs in the in the Europa League basket because mm-hmm. in reality, you know, Bologna had 61% ball possession this game. My that's, God, man. That's wild, you know. The Europa League clearly took a lot out of them. They were playing against Bayern Leverkusen. They beat them. They knocked them out. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Atalanta. Power to you for doing that. Um, forwards and upwards. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Fuck me. <laughs> what an idiot. What a dumbass. No. <laughs> Bologna could have easily got something out of this game themselves. They were pretty goddamn wasteful too. Mm. You know, we saw Orsolini and Arnautovic. They both missed one on ones. You know, yeah. Juan Musso's usual heroics, bro. What honestly, a what, a, what keeper. a keeper, right? Bro, what do you make of Orsolini, man? He drives me crazy as a player. Ah, he's inconsistent as fuck, eh? He's inconsistent as fuck. If you watch his highlight reels on YouTube, you think he's a spectacular footballer. You think he's super, but he's inconsistent as hell and and I mean we see it time and time again it tends to be a theme within the Bologna players you have Soriano and Arnautovic Musa Barrow Musa Barrow as well all very inconsistent players true does it have anything to do with the management and and maybe Mihailovic as a motivator or does it have more to do about their qualities as players that is what we need to see has to be said bro I can't wait to see Bologna under a new manager yeah, yeah. It, first of all, it would really show us how how great a job or how poor a job Mihailovic has actually done because exactly. we have something to compare it to, of course. Because you know, I do think that there's a lot of talent on this team. I, I I would agree with you. They definitely don't deserve to be in the position that they're in when it comes to their starting yeah. eleven. You know, they have fucking Theat. Yes, in fact, I was gonna highlight them, bro. Um, my standouts for this game on Atalanta were Demiral, Derun, and Coop Miners. Okay, fair okay. Now I have two uh-huh. things I want to mention. So first of all, the man of the match, though, was Arthur Teat, in my opinion. Mm. Fucking gargantuan. I would agree. It's between him and Musso, in my opinion. And Musso as well. Musso is also, mm-hmm. I, I tend to forget to... The goalkeeper, yes, yeah, know, yeah, it happens, it classic, happens. Classic, classic. Now, but, but Teat, bro, honestly, 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 wow, what a replacement for Tomiyasu, you mm-hmm. know? I was like, oh my God, what a gem they've lost in Tomiyasu. And suddenly they bring in this guy who's just so good, man, mm. so good. And And... Probably we'll see him at a different team next season because, yes. you know, there was interest from Milan as well until they apparently um, agreed terms with, with Botman. But mm-hmm. if it weren't Botman, I wouldn't be mad about Theat, man. True, true. Same here. 
Um, Coop Miners, I, I read a tweet today by Lucas. His handle is at mm. Spezia Enjoyer or something. Okay. Lucas Spezia Enjoyer. He's a, he's Total a opposite of you, like. Yeah. <laughs> he um, tweeted, Coop Miners would start for any team in Italy. And I agree with him 100%. Coop Miners would start for every team in Italy. Let me yes. just run through the teams in my head. I mean, I, I would start him at my club. But mm. obviously, the <laughs> probably not every team in, in Italy. I mean, you look at... Fuck me. Coop Miners just might start for every team. He in might, Serie man. A, man. He's so he versatile, you can pop him in anywhere. You know, for Milan, might. you can pop him in Trequartis stuff. For Inter, you can pop him in the midfield three. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, yeah. He, he, he just might start for every team. He'll definitely get minutes. Super talented, hardworking, good brain on him. You know, he's mm-hmm. fucking good, man. He got good brain. He got good brain, man. <laughs> good brain, baby. Do you remember Falcinelli, man? Yes, I remember Falcinelli. He made an appearance for Bologna today. He's, he's been out on loan. He was playing in Greece for Olympiacos. Mm. Um, the last time I saw him in Serie he was giving Inter fans a lot. He was giving them a hard time. Yeah, eh? yeah, quite a few problems, man, he was giving mm-hmm. them. He scored, I think, two goals against them, or was it? It could be. I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, back then. How long has he been back in Serie A for? Falcinelli? I think this is his first game back since his loan spell. Okay. Oh, my God. There's um, Viola at, at Bologna, there who is. we just haven't seen he's much be- of, man. He's barely featured, and when he has, he's looked terrible. Mm. Unfortunately, one of our favorites over here. Yeah, Serie A Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, anything else you'd like to add about this game, bro? No, not in particular. Okay, so Atalanta are in fifth with 51 points in the game in hand, while Bologna continue to vibe in 12th. <laughs> the next game we're going to be covering is Sassuolo 4, Spezia 1. The previous encounter was a 2-2 draw when Spezia were at home. Uh, in their three meetings in Serie A, Spezia and Sassuolo share one victory and one draw, with both sides finding the net in each match. However, Sassuolo coming off a 2-2 away draw to Salernitana, while Spezia are coming off an impressive 2-0 victory over Cagliari. Raspadori was suspended for this match after his red card against Salernitana, while Scamacca started the game from the bench. Spezia miss Inzola due to injury, which is not new news. In the 17th minute, Berardi opened the scoring through a penalty, which he basically just cunted into the bottom corner, tracked by Provedel, but there was way too much power behind the shot. Fratesi won the penalty after he was dragged down by Kovalenko on a clear goal-scoring opportunity. To be honest, probably not a red card because it was in the 17th minute. He's also lucky he wasn't technically the last man, but it was a clear goal-scoring opportunity. The man was literally about to shoot and he just pulled him down. So... Lucky to get away with a yellow over there. In the 36th minute, Verde got one back for Spezia. He was found in a whole bunch of space by Bastoni on the side of the area, in a position where normally crosses would fly in. However, Verde held onto the ball, fainted, and he curled the ball into the top How corner. How did he curl the ball if he fainted, man? <laughs> <laughs> So good. Thanks, bro. <laughs> but just the technique when he curls the ball, the way he does it is, is just like he knows exactly what he wants to do and he put the ball there. It wasn't like, you know, he aimed and shot, but the man knew exactly what he wanted to do and there wasn't a keeper in the world that would have stopped that. It was brilliant and um, constantly was rooted to the spot. 
In the 48th, Berardi got his second after Defrel played him through and he slotted the ball underneath the oncoming Provedel. He showed great strength during this goal, apart from his great finishing, as Reka was trying to nudge him off the ball, but he didn't budge. That was his second goal of the game and his 100th goal in Serie A. Yeah. In 56, Spezia were shouting for a penalty, but there was no penalty given. And in the 78th, Ihan managed to get the ball into the back of the net. And it was a superb... I didn't know that Ihan had that in his locker, by the Bro, way. Bro, I <laughs> literally have that as a note. Like, like, I had no idea he had it in him. You know, apparently he takes free kicks too. He used to yes. take free kicks in the Bundesliga as well, so he can hit them too. Okay. So, a corner came in, it was flicked on by one of the Spezia players, and it fell to Ihan, similar angle to the one where Verde scored from. But he controlled it on his thigh and continued to half-volley the ball with the outside of his boot into the corner of the net. Beautiful goal by the Turkish. Great technique. Great technique. Amazing technique. I didn't is think he Turkish or is he one he of is those Turkish. Turkish Germans? Well, I saw that he's Turkish. Okay. Now, now, whether he was born or, or raised in Germany, I, I don't know. Did he just throw in Germany because of... Because there are so many of them. Because there are so many. They tend to be all over the footballing world. Like. Yeah, that's true. In the 81st minute, Skamaka scored a free kick. The man can do it all. But you know what The Spezia, wall was really bad. You know what Spezia can't do? <laughs> They can't hold themselves in that four-man wall. I'm so sorry, I ruined your joke. <sighs> it went through Manai and Reka, who both turned whilst they were jumping, and either Skamaka found the gap really well, or luckily, who knows. He was also called up for Italy moments before the game, and that was a good way to celebrate coming off the bench and just getting the fourth goal of the match from a free kick. He'll take it as a free kick goal nonetheless, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, now, no question about Sassuolo deserving to win the match. They've been a joy to watch, and we're so in this match too. Do you think that Sassuolo have are like one of the most improved teams? We've seen them before. They were struggling against the small yes. teams and getting points against the bigger ones. Now they've settled. They're beating both. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. Um, let's not forget that they drew to Salernitana in their last too game. Long ago, yeah, but so did. I won't say it until the same scoreline as well. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Sassuolo have definitely improved. They've looked pretty, pretty good. Um, has to be said. I'm totally high on Skamaka, bro. Mm. And I'm loving this Berardi show that we're getting. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I'm going to make two points. Please, please. So first, the Sassuolo are beaten in six now. And they held drama in the process. And they beat Inter and Fiorentina in the process as well. They are looking for what would be only their second European stint. Now, it's really unlikely it that they'll unlikely. get Europe, but the fact that they're aiming for it after their terrible start to the season is already impressive enough as it is. My second point is Berardi. Mm-hmm. He got two goals. He's the best right winger in the league this season and over the past few seasons. And it's not, too. It's not even close this season. It's not even close. Now, Chiesa has been out injured. Last season, Chiesa was great, but... Berardi was numbers-wise, he's always better. phenomenal. He's the fifth top scorer in the league, Berardi, from right wing. He's first in assists with 14 goals and 11 assists in 27 games. Let me just repeat that for emphasis. 14 goals and 11 assists in 27 games. He's outscored Skamaka, Zeko, Ozimen. He matched Lautaro and he's one of Tami and Simeone. He's also assisted... 
more than Barella. Is there anything Berardi can't do? And let me just address Beppe for for a quick second. Like looking at those numbers. I'm not sure Beppe listens, bro. He's listening now. <laughs> You're not a stats guy, bro, but fuck me, man. How could you turn down a player like this? 14 goals and 11 assists in 27. Uh, he's a rigorista. Fucking right, he's a rigorista. Who's Milan's rigorista? That's Who's a, Milan's free kick taker? That's a good point. I bet he wishes he could come back at you right now. <laughs> well, <let's laughs> do another episode with those yes, guys. That yes, was, they, they have so much phenomenal. to say. Like, they do, they do. After it's the so podcast, it was just voice recording saying, I should have fucking said this, I should have yeah. fucking said that. Yeah. They were a joy to have The one. injustice we forgot to talk about. The injustice? The injustice, the refereeing decisions ah, against Milan. That's true, that's, that's true. That's something that's we, we, true. Have, we haven't talked Jesus, about. that's normally the first thing Milan fans <laughs> would, would talk about. You are a group chat, that's all there is. <laughs> it's true, it's true, it's true. But yes, Berardi, Milan... Do you think it's not not do you want it to happen because anyone in their right mind would want it to happen do I think how it would likely is it though I mean considering the advanced stage that the talks with Origi 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 or Origi man Origi Origi right Origi. Um, the talks with Origi are in advanced stages apparently mm-hmm. there's been an agreement that's been reached apparently um, so that's so that's like the striking department that goes to show we're not gonna splash anything in that department. Mm-hmm. Butman forty million. There, there's a rumor, a rumored budget of about eighty million apparently for Milan, and potentially more if Milan win the scudetto. Um, I heard one hundred fifteen, but maybe that is with the scudetto. I don't know. Who knows? Honestly, um, Berardi could realistically go to Milan. Yes, it's a possibility. The question is, does he fit? The, uh, you, you, the criteria of, the, of the management, you know? Because he's 27 years old, so he's at his peak. Milan don't like buying players at their peak. They don't like it, bro. It's and true. They regardless, don't. regardless of how well he's doing, if he flops this guy, from a business point of view, you're fucked. Mm. You can't get the money back. That's true. With a young player who's 22 years old, 23 years old, they have one bad season, they can have a good one the year after. You can loan them out. You have time. That's actually such a good point. It's a you look really at good the business Milan, model. You, you, look, you look at the Milan team. Who's in their peak? Manian? Yes. And Mar- Manian was a bargain. Because and Manian was a bargain. For some reason decided that he was but worth otherwise, that you're amount either, of money. But you're either 22, 23, 24 or, or you're, you're fucking 30s. 38. Exactly. Like. You're either like coming Rebic up or you're is kind of in his peak but Rebic a, but he's a bench but again he was kind of when Milan got him again it was a bargain so mm. they only go for these players in their peak I mean we only lost Andre Silva for him so <laughs> Andre Silva I don't think would have ever succeeded well that's a discussion for another that's day that's a discussion for another day so yes I think that Berardi to Milan is likely but philosophy wise I think that Milan will not go for it so, okay. so actually, no, I would say, sorry, it's unlikely. It's okay. possible, but it's unlikely. Okay, okay. What Interesting. do you think? I think, I, I don't think it's as likely as, because people obviously say, Milan need a right winger, Berardi wants out of Sassuolo, so it is that easy. There's a whole business model in place, like you're saying, and that doesn't make it as likely as it is obvious. Like, do Milan I are more likely happen? to go for Fratesi and Scamacca. Yeah, but but if, if Milan go for a right winger and then it it would it would be odd that they don't open talks with Berardi at all because I think if there were an exception to be made about signing players in their peak, 
it's someone with Serie A experience and the level of Serie A experience and international football experience that he has as well. So I think that might be a risk worth taking, but full trust in Maldini. You know who I Massaro. see going hard on Berardi? Juve. I see that happening, but but again, we spoke about like Zaniolo last week as well, and I'll bring up the point of Chiesa again. Chiesa's there, and Chiesa's starting. But you can pop Chiesa on the left. You can pop Chiesa on the left, He's but then you're handicapping hand. Chiesa. Are you in the Euros? He scored some phenomenal goals from the left hand side. Scored some phenomenal goals from the right as well. He's very versatile. Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't know. And Morata, you know, they'll, they'll take mm-hmm. Chiesa over Morata, obviously. It's interesting. Imagine Chiesa and Berardi on the same team. That would be fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, which, the Italian God forbid that happens. <laughs> Ihan, I think, has cemented himself as a starter and even got a goal from centre-back today and a fantastic goal. Thoughts on him just as a player overall, not particularly about Honestly, the goal. honestly, 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 bro, I'm just so glad Vladimir Kirikas is not I playing agree. every single game. Yeah. Ihan is much better than Anything him. is an upgrade, but to be honest, we're, you know, like we found out Ihan has this to his locker mm-hmm. as well and, and it's, it's a plus. He has some good pace about him as well. Yeah. He's intelligent, so I, I like him as a player. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Even th- that guy in midfield, Henry, is, is yeah, that's growing. True. He's growing. He's that's playing true. Right. I'm pretty sure it's Henrique. Henrique? <laughs> Henrique Iglesias. <laughs> a tough one to take for Spezia, but now they, they face Venezia and Empoli, and maybe they can get themselves a, a couple of wins. We'll, we'll see. Sassuolo leapfrog Hellas Verona and are now in ninth place. Spezia in 16th, just seven points from the drop. The next game we're going to be covering is Empoli 1, Verona 1. The reverse fixture ended in a 2-1 victory for Hellas Verona. Now, this was the 10th time Empoli and Verona have faced off in Serie A. Four wins each and two draws. Um, Once again, bro, (laughs) going up by one every single week. (laughs) Empoli have extended their winless round to 14. My God, man. 14, yeah. They they really went all out at the beginning Mm. of the season and they've just dipped since, man. Literally, literally. In the 26th minute, Federico Di Francesco scored a goal. Parisi received the ball on the left-hand side and played a clever through ball to Pinamonti, who brilliantly backheeled it to Di Francesco, who finished cleanly. Um, you lucky fuck, bro. You can't, you can't say what about, happened to you. Yep, I'm, I'm going to jump in and say this because it's actually crazy. So I thought I did my team on Fanta Calcio last week. Didn't, though. I, I must have forgotten to save because I was starting Raspadori. And I was starting Skorupski against Atalanta, so I'm like, okay, I definitely <laughs> didn't do right. Even though Zaniolo as well, who I knew wasn't going to start. Um, but fuck it, these things happen sometimes. And you were you were worried about being a man down. I was worried about being a man yeah. down because I have Nikola Kalinic in my team and he's obviously he's gone. He's nowhere. Um, the other guy, I'm not sure. I, 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 I forgot who I have, but he wasn't playing. And ah, Pobega, oh, not Pobega, Jesus, Pellegrini, Torino. Um, and then there's Di Francesco, who hasn't been playing for Empoli, so I'm like, yeah. I'm definitely a man down. He starts and gets a goal after 26 minutes. I scored a total of four and I lost 5 4. Can <laughs> fucking, can you fucking believe that? Or 4 3, <laughs> something like to? that. Tonna. Tonna. I was Shout talking all kinds of smack, saying, oh, I thought I was a man down, fucking Di Francesco. That's what you get, bro. That's what I get, that's what I get. There was a soft penalty awarded to Verona shortly after, and this is where it gets juicy, guys. Enjoy. Um, Streaky FC captain Giovanni Simeone stepped up to take the penalty and was denied by Vicario. Now, the referee calls for a retake as Vicario had allegedly been 
of his line. Mm. Simeone stepped up once again to take the penalty and he hit the post, bro. He looked <laughs> devastated. You can't write this shit. He you looked devastated. Right. There, is, shit, there are some players, man, who no matter how well things are going for them, they're going to have these dark moments that will haunt them for the rest of their lives. Like The two guys I can think of off the top of my head are Morata mm. and literally this guy over here, um, Simeone. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I agree. Even if Simeone is having the fantastic goal-scoring season, he'll have a moment like this that'll bother him forever, you know? Morata can fucking score in every game and then all of a sudden have a one-on-one and a big moment in the Champions League and he'll miss it and then boom, all of a sudden the fans are skeptical about him. I, I really, really, really sympathize for these players and, and I'm not saying it in a condescending way at all because sports psychology isn't talked about enough and normally they just tend to go after your talent instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But personal lives, number one, Big, big, big factor. We all know about the Quagliarella incident, for example. Mm-hmm. We all wondered why his stints at, at Napoli and Juve didn't work out. We now know why, and now suddenly everyone fucking loves him. For those who have never tuned in before, he was stalked. Yeah, we <laughs> third time in a row we're mentioning it. <laughs> um, but yeah, firstly, it's personal lives. Secondly, some people, bear in mind, suffer from things like anxiety, depression, and it can affect their form. Yeah. Should they have one game, two games, three games where they don't score, they're especially they're, as a striker, as, especially as a striker, they're fucked. Especially like Cholito, he is the son of El Cholo. Yes. Number one, lot of pressure because of that. Morata came up through the ranks at Real, did bits at Juve. And then flopped at Chelsea. Did has led the national team down as well. Yeah, has led the, he's led the national team down as well. Was on and off with Atletico. Went back to Juve. Hit the ground running, and then he slips off again. I really sympathise for yeah, these players. Yeah, yeah. It's he not another one. He another one. another one. Cursed, a cursed player. Mm-hmm. Really. Um, show them if 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 you support those teams, you have to show these guys love, man. Yes. Yes. In the 72nd minute, Matteo Cancellieri scored a fantastic goal. The Roma Loni struck the ball from a distance to beat Vicario. His celebration was brilliant. He was like, you know, it was the ho ho ho. <laughs> you know, that type of celebration where his arms like wagging his hand like. What a goal it was by the Roma Loni. Um It was nuts. It he was has nuts. to he has to prove himself because they have Zalewski now. So, so yeah. he has to show that yeah. he's actually worth something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. VT missed a good chance at the near post for Empoli while Baraku got close to getting one for himself with a flick-on header from a set-piece that went narrowly wide. Um, the match ended, of course... 1-1 Now bro Verona's European charge Has died down Can yeah. we agree there? Yes yes, yes Okay. Definitely. As they see Sassuolo overtaking them Of yeah. course um, They dominated possession They had 63% But they really failed To do anything with it Of course Just 4 shots on target Out of the 14 They took bro um, Next season Will Verona Be better than this season Or worse? That's such a tough one To call man hmm. It is It's such a tough one to call I think they'll be better Because when we saw them make a change that was necessary in getting rid of Di Francesco, um, we saw them improve a lot under Tudor. And I think having Tudor for a full preseason, making some signings that he wants and, and redeeming players like Caprari, for example, um, he might lose someone like Barak in the meantime. But I think having that sense of continuity with that coach will do them good things. And I think... They will be kind of like what they are in the second half of the season. I think they'll be like that next mm-hmm. season. I don't think there will be a massive 
jump in quality, but I don't think they'll have the inconsistency they did yeah. in the first half of the season. Hopefully, you know, they, they give Tudor something to work with because, you know, as, as we've mentioned many times over here, one of the reasons, well, the main reason that Juric left Verona was because they didn't give him enough, you know, tools to actually yeah, improve. Yeah, they, he deemed them unambitious. Yes, exactly. So hopefully that changes, you know, with Tudor because they mm-hmm. can really aim for a Conference League spot, even potentially an Europa League spot. You know? no, we saw that last season, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, bro, Bessa, Tamez and Barak dominated this this game, to be honest, and they did well to control it. But Empoli and, of course, Simeone did just enough to, sp- to stop it. It was Bessa, Hongla and, and Barak in this game. Hongla played well yeah, too, Hongla. But, but even even Tameze, bro. Tameze played really well. He was playing on the wing. Oh yeah, Tameze played yeah, on the wing. He, he was playing on the wing. Wow, it? okay. That's a uh, But that's he a played he one. played super, like like a lot of the play went through him. Jesus. Tameze uh, on the yeah. wing. <laughs> that this is a really different look, Verona. It is. Sutalo it is. on one side and, and Tamez on on the other side. You'd normally see Faraoni, Faraoni for example. Um, and there, there's that guy I'm, I'm blanking out But the guy that Occasionally replaces him And he got a goal To his name recently um, De Pauli Yes De Pauli We could say They missed those guys You know They didn't get a result here When they probably should have um, One more question About this game Before we move on bro We don't want this episode To be too long you How know? long is it right now? It's 1 hour 47 Jesus Okay, okay. Oh my god Vicario's 25 years old Bro Could he upgrade next season? So many good keepers. Maybe not next season. Maybe not next season, but in the years to come, he will he will mm-hmm. upgrade for sure. Yes. Um, he only just joined Verona, and I think Empoli will do their best to hang on to him for another season. For sure, and to be honest with you, man, he's you know if he can stay, if he can remain a starter for say a team, he should do that as long as possible. You know, that's until it. you know there's a good opportunity at a top team. Maybe. Yeah, he just needs to remain consistent. Um, there were, there were a few inconsistencies about him at the beginning of the season. We always defended him because we like him. But there, there were a couple of mistakes here yes. and there. But if, if he stays consistent, then we could see him upgrading within the next two seasons. Continuity is key. He needs to stay put. Exactly. Minutes, minutes, minutes. Yes. Verona are in 10th with 42 points, while Empoli are 13th with 33 points. So the next game we're going to be covering was the miraculous performance by Genoa in their 1-0 victory over Torino. So the previous encounter was a 3-2 victory for Torino in quite an entertaining game. And this is the 100th Serie A meeting between Genoa and Torino. Crazy Serie A powerhouses like. Yeah, for sure. Torino were forced to start Itzo due to an Achilles tendon injury to GG. Now, in the 14th minute, Porta Nova opened the scoring after Frendrup tackled Voivoda brilliantly down the wing and carried the ball forward to the byline. He whipped the ball in and the ball was parried away by Berisha, but the ball deflected off Itzo in the process and fell kindly to Porta Nova, who smashed it in, and scenes, yeah. and he was screaming. Yeah. Like he spent like the rest of the game celebrating. <laughs> 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 Literally, this is his first Serie A goal. It is. He enjoyed Juve. it. He enjoyed it. A Juve and Lazio youth, you know, yes. I have to be happy for him. Like we said before, big expectations over there. Just 10 minutes later, in the 24th, Ostegaard received his second yellow card of the match. Harsh. Thank you. Harsh. Thank you so much. Because yeah. I didn't manage to find another platform, another article. I saw it on Twitter that it was mm-hmm. harsh. Um, but I didn't find another another well-written article that said that that was harsh. Mm. 
basically VAR are not allowed to operate for second yellow card offenses. But apparently on second yellow card offenses, VAR mm. can't intervene. Okay. And bro, I think that there might have been minimal contact. The minimal contact would have been with the studs, yeah. but very minimal contact it to say minimal, the least. I, I remember seeing it on TV. I was like, that's harsh. That's a harsh. Mm. Yeah, we, we watched we watched the, the majority of this game. Just just so you guys know, in the prediction series, I got three points in this one. I said <laughs> Genoa would win 1-0. And when there was a red card in the 24th, I said, okay, it's I done. said 1-1. So I was like, yes, yeah, I'm on track. Ex- it's exactly. early on. But I somehow, thought it was going to happen for you. Genoa managed to hold on. They were a bunch of Spartans this mm. game, man. Wow, mm. how they held the fourth man. I, I had my good friends Gabe, Jamie and Carl over while this game was going on. We watched the majority of it and then we we um, uh, we played PlayStation. And then... Like a bunch of 13 years. <laughs> and Jamie and Gabe aren't really into say uh, Carl is because he's a Uber yeah. fan. We should have him on to be fair. We should. Um, and yeah, I checked I checked Forza after and it was a 1-0 and I celebrated like Milan won the Champions League. Like It was It was crazy. So they had fucking 65 matches to play Genoa, one man down against Torino with Bellotti in the team, bear in mind. Now, despite the man advantage, Torino were mostly toothless in their possession. They dominated the ball, but barely having more chances than Genoa. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it was pretty even in that The regard. biggest chance came through Voivoda, that's it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. In the 35th where exactly. he hit the post. Yeah. Um, they completed 650 passes compared to the Rosso Blues 217. Wow. A sign of the territorial dominance held by Ivan Juric's side. Jesus. Yeah. Um, in the 35th, and then, like we said, Voivoda's header hit the post after a mishit overhead kick by Bellotti fell to the Kosovan, whose header hit the crossbar. But they managed to get away with three points and their first three points in around, I think, seven draws it was, eight draws. Yeah. Blessing's first first three points as manager. And he enjoyed that. Yeah, he had this spectacular and beautiful moment with, with the fans. To be blessing, man. Oh, to be blessing for sure. Just bro. a bunch of fans chanting your name like that must be really cool for him, man. For sure, bro. Um, right now he can kind of be seen as like a a mini Klopp. You know what I that's mean? That's true. That that's he true. plays the same style. He's German, you know, um, Gegen Press and all that. Mm-hmm. He um, he's very charismatic, fan favorite, very eccentric as a figure. He draws many parallels to you. Who like like. Who thought that dropping Sheva would have that impact on Genoa? Oh, for sure. I was the first one to say, like, you know, continue. It was premature as hell, like. Clearly, they found a fucking decent manager over here, man. And to be honest, if they drop down to Serie A, it's going to be difficult for them to keep him. Even though Mm. I think that the type of man he is, he might stay for the fans, he might stay for the project. It depends. It depends. Sometimes, like, if, for example... No, you're, you're probably right. I was going to say that if Genoa make the headlines and, mm. and, and Blessing's efforts are recognized, nowadays that shit tempted, gets, yes, it, it yes. gets picked up from the Premier League and, and other leagues like sure. that and, and La Liga. 
Even Germany is a German guy himself, so maybe there will be interest over there until value I move back home. <clears throat> I should have done that months ago, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if I think if they stay up, then then they're gonna have real trouble keeping their hands off him with with the media nowadays, man. Sure, I agree. I agree. So Genoa recording their second win of the season, oh, their yes. third in all competitions. Cong- yes. <laughs> congratulations. Um, Cagliari and Torino are the losers. <laughs> literally, the the Cagliari Genoa battle is is interesting now because at first everyone was like, including ourselves, we were like, okay, Cagliari definitely out of the relegation zone now. They're performing, they're gonna fly. But they they had a tough run of fixtures now, and they're losing. They're dropping points, and it it could very much happen. Genoa are on the rise. Venezia are in the relegation zone now. They're one before the last. True. And Genoa might get away, and Cagliari are the next contenders to be in that area. I, I predicted Genoa to somehow magically stay up at the start of the season. Remember, I told you uh-huh. they're like they're like herpes, man. Uh-huh. They never you said they'll get enough away. loan they're deals like, yeah. and, and all of that. Exactly, to stay up. and it, and they have done so, man. They've managed to sort their team out with little to no time left. It's true. We'll still see what what's going to happen. Yeah, because they they're, they're they still, still a while have, left. Of but but it very much that. depends on Cagliari and Venezia. Yeah, the the fact that they they just haven't lost games and they've held teams like Inter as well is always always yeah. a good sign. And beating Torino in this fashion, being a man down for sixty five minutes, is morale boost. Exactly, a, a morale a morale boost as fuck. And, and Piccoli's back. I haven't even seen him play. Well, they have Piccoli at their disposal. Piccoli. The Atalanta Loni. Mm-hmm. And, and bear in mind, that's just on a bit of a drought before mm-hmm. we were like, you know, if if they lose him next season, then they're sheared. They're absolutely yeah. fucked. Like. But it, it it seems at the moment at least that it won't be that detrimental. At least he hasn't been the guy getting the goals. True. Um, but yeah, Genoa on the rise thanks to Blessine. They're on like an eight-game unbeaten streak at the moment. Torino, on the other hand, disappointing yet again. We've yes. been seeing it a lot with Torino. They haven't won a single match in eight match days. What is going on with Torino? So for them, it's a transitional phase. They will be happy with where they are right now compared to last season. We can't get too ahead of ourselves because of a good spell of form, of course. Juric is a fantastic manager. They have some good pieces to build on. Well, you can't on. get carried away with a bad spell of form either. Exactly, that's true. That's Exactly, that's a very mm-hmm. good point. Um, I think they're on the right track and I think once again next season we'll be seeing a stronger Torino side than this season to be I honest. Agree. And probably a very strong Torino side yeah. even if they give Juric what he needs and they... You know, really build on the pieces. Mm. Like, I think Torino have a higher chance of improving than Verona do, personally. I would agree. I would agree that continuity with Juric and just Juric as a as a manager and the team as well, to be honest, that Torino have. It sucks for them that they can't make any cash whatsoever on Belotti. I think they'll be kicking themselves when they see that three seasons ago... Cairo rejected the 80, 80 million, million Young and Palletta. 80 million Young and Palletta. Okay, Young and Palletta, to be honest, I would have told that them... Was, that wouldn't million. have been bad back then. You get Young and Palletta. Palletta was all right, and so, so was Young. Like, I, I, I disagree. I never thought highly of either, to be honest. Paletta had good moments and, and even Nyang as well. Nyang, Nyang was promising, eh? Prob- yeah, Nyang, the problem was his attitude, but anyway. Yeah. And that, oh, when he hit the post against Barca, that was that so That was the sad. end, that was Jesus. the end. He was uh-huh. done after that. Dipped from there. Um, but but uh, I think I think continuity will serve, will serve Torino well, basically. That will most likely be the case. Nice. So Torino now find themselves in 11th, just two points ahead of Empoli, but have a game in hand. Genoa, on the other hand, are in 18th, jumping Venezia on goal difference. 
Speaking of, the next game we're going to be discussing is Venezia nil Sampdoria 2. The reverse was a 1-1 draw, which saw Gabbiadini scoring early and Henri equalizing late. This was a relegation six-pointer in every sense of the word, term, sorry. Um, Venezia are winless at home since November. That's really, Jesus. really, really bad. Actually, Jesus they really Christ. need to sort that out. While Sampdoria have four losses in four away games since Daversa got the sack. My God. Yes. It all what is this, the battle of trash? <laughs> it all started off in the 24th minute when Maempa, the, the Venezia goalkeeper, mm. decided to keep the ball at his feet for what felt ah, like yeah. an eternity. You know, like mm-hmm. it's the clock ticking, this guy's yeah. still on the ball. It was like, like pass, pass! <laughs> He's just on like, the ball. <laughs> like the number 99 recently. Exactly, exactly. He held the ball for so long and Sabiri, who by the way, Boys. our type of guy, bro. Mm-hmm. Our type of player. <laughs> Our type of player, this guy is a pit bull. He <coughs> charges at anyone. Honestly, he almost set up three goals. His nuts are yes. round. His first name, Abdel Hamid. <laughs> Abdel Hamid Sabiri. You're fucking right, Abdel Hamid. This is his first name. Of course. Fucking he's, right. Honestly, bro, listen listen to this. Like, So he tackled the goalkeeper, played the ball to Caputo immediately, and Caputo slotted it home. One assist mm-hmm. for Sabiri. In the 38th minute, once again, Venezia were playing with fire while building from the back. Fiordelino had the ball in the middle. Sabiri on him again instantly. <laughs> this possesses him like a ravaged bull. Sensi ends up taking a shot. The goalkeeper saves it and Caputo gets the rebound. Boom, 2-0, 38th minute. Like, Jesus. It's already done. He got, in between those two actions, he got booked as well. I wonder yeah. what happened. <laughs> He's just fucking running at everyone, bro. <laughs> just throwing everyone to the floor. Then... Venezia had a great chance to, you know, get a, get back into the game, basically, mm. making it 2-1. But Nsame failed to hit a free header on target. Like, Ebue, he played the perfect ball mm. to him, headed it, but he failed to hit the target. Yes. In the 86th minute, bro. It happened. It happened. It happened. It happened. Henri received his second yellow card for descent, got sent off, walked down to the touchline. There's Paolo Zanetti over there. Paolo Zanetti goes up to him. You think he's going to like hug him or tap him on the back. Instead, he pushes him, starts screaming obscenities in Italian in his face, like Porco Dio, Porco Troia, all this shit like in his face, literally. And they're literally fighting like the commentators, like, excuse the fruity language in this exchange. <laughs> you can see it on our TikTok, by the way. It blew up the video. I don't it's, it's such a good clip it in here. Clip it in well. here, yes. Um, let me just explain exactly what happened and why he was so pissed off. So in the first half, um, Henri got booked mm-hmm. early on. And then apparently, the referee went up to Zanetti to let him know that he gave Henri a pass because he heard him swearing at him in English. Mm. And he said, like, that's enough. I gave him a pass. Like, consider yourselves lucky. Don't let it happen again. Zanetti told Henri off. He told him, like, listen, we need you. We're at a very delicate point in the season. Don't get sent off. Like, shut your fucking mouth. Like, play the game and don't talk. Stop complaining. We paid six million for you. You're on one million euros a year. Be quiet. Exactly. 86 minutes, the game's lost and this idiot gets sent off again. You know, no shit, he's pissed off. Yeah, I mean, he's pissed and he has absolutely every right to be. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of criticism on Twitter saying that Blessing acted unprofessionally. What do you think about that? Um, Zanetti. Zanetti. What did I say? Blessing. Jesus Christ. Um, yes, bro, he did. Re- he did react unprofessionally. That's something mm. that should happen in the in the dressing room, you know. And I can only imagine 
mm. what happened in the dressing room, considering he was ready to, you know, criticize him that heavily in public in front of mm. the crowd, in that, front of that's, the camera. That's what I was going to say. This must have been coming for a long time, because for someone to lose his cool like that in front of thousands of spectators... It must have been coming for a while. I don't think he just does that because of that one incident. Granted, terrible incident, yeah. but I doubt he would have just done it for that. Henri has shown that his mentality was not worth the six million no, euro no, record no. sign amount they spent on him. Mm-hmm. Six million is so a lot. much. It's a lot for a newly promoted side. Six it's million so is a lot. much. You know, he and a, he he's has been them. letting them down recently. With all his own goals as well And just his, in, his inconsistencies <laughs> yeah. But yeah, again, it just shows that His personality might might even be the problem That's true, that's true yeah. um, Sabiri, bro, once again <laughs> After Henri's card um, Sabiri almost set up the third goal of the game mm. When he played Caputo through one-on-one But the Italian hitman failed to hit the target That would have been Ah, his... yes, I remember that I remember He should have, he should have scored It yes. should have been Caputo's first Serie A hat-trick And his 10th goal Jesus of the season Jesus Christ I would Who have would been... have thought that Caputo's first Serie A hat-trick Would come for Sampdoria For Sampdoria Not, Sampdoria, not yeah, for Sassuolo but... or Empoli He played such attractive God, football He was a different animal last season Yeah, He was actually crazy And, and, and it gets me to the, to the debate of whether he dipped mm-hmm. or it was just the move, he, he moved to a terrible sump. Or I whether he actually dipped as well in the meantime. Sassuolo, that was just a one-off season. Sassuolo saw the opportunity to make money off him. Mm. To make a, you know, to potentially make a bit of money on a, for a player who's in his 30s. Yeah. And they have Scamacca and Raspadori up front. They said, fuck it, let's do it. And to be honest, they probably did the right thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it proved to be a very good call with Skamaka up mm. front, especially. Wow. Do you agree with me now that some players don't really need to worry about relegation? Or do you still think that they need to worry about it and hustle? I mean, they beat one before the last. But that's the thing. They will beat these guys. They have games remaining against them and they will beat them. Probably. Probably they will. But they're still not in a safe mm-hmm. situation, man. They're sure. still really not in a safe situation. Like, for them to think if they do think that they're safe i think that's just the wrong the wrong approach mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i mean mathematically they are they're on 29 points venezia are on 22 yes now thankfully the other teams venezia in particular and cagliari have not been winning games they haven't been picking up points exactly lucky for lucky for Sampdoria because seven points to be honest is is a bit more than i thought they were they were a couple of points yeah one win is all they needed man to be honest with you um Eh, but one one win maybe is all that venezia would need for example sure venezia's next two games are against spezia and udinese i think those games will be very telling about venezia's season they need to win those games that's why to be honest um Zanetti was so pissed off with Henri because mm. these next games ah, you know, were, are, are important. Yes, exactly. What an idiot. What, what an, an idiot, idiot really. Um, bro, mm-hmm. Audero or Falcone? Audero started this one. Falcone. I prefer Falcone right now too. A thousand percent Falcone. Did we, have we disagreed yet this episode? Uh, I don't think that. Uh, no, we have. We have. Yeah. I remember us disagreeing. I can't remember <laughs> on what topic, but I believe we, we did. Zanetti said, bro. That his boys are ready to kill before match days. <laughs> but, like, they shit their pants on the day, like, oh. basically. He's clearly right. You know, two individual errors made the difference this game. And, of course, Henri's red card, too little too late, to be honest, anyway. 
um, they forced hungry Sabiri to absolutely punish them. Basically. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, and yeah. that's the difference between these sides. Where Venezia wildly inconsistent, while Sampdoria have quite a few veteran players over there that can make the difference. Look at Caputo. This game, that's all you need, man. Someone who's done it year in year mm-hmm. out in Serie. I mean, that that's it. What separates the sides? Eh? You've got yeah. you've got young, like a young squad in Venezia, young new squad, a new brand in the picture and then you just have Sampdoria who have been in this situation before most of their players have you know what I mean so they got away with all three points and to be honest shambolic from none of us to say that Sampdoria was going to win the prediction series I don't know if you were the same as me but I regretted it as soon as I put it in even me even me but to be honest man, you I, put have, a Venezia, I have a tendency a of, of romanticizing Venezia. I, I believe in them, man. Mm. And that's probably my downfall. No, I, uh, I, I can't. Like, I can't. It's just been too long now. So, it has been. Sampdoria sit in 15th with 29 points, while Venezia are still in 18th with 22 points. I got a quest. Uh, I got a quest. So welcome back, guys, to our question segment. To leave a question, you can follow us at, say, a spotlight on Instagram or Twitter and just leave us a question over there. We post weekly inquiring. Thank you very much for sending in your questions. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Thanks, man. So the first question comes from our good friend, Andrew Sant-Fournier. He says, Kessie leaving Milan, Dybala leaving Juve. Who is going to regret it the most, the clubs or the players? Ooh, ooh. Um, I would say, Jesus, the players and on on both situations. I think the players. So. I think the players as well, man. To be honest with you, it I very think, much depends on where the ball goes, of course. Uh huh. But with um, with Kessi, it's very simple. I think that Milan will start to progress mm-hmm. so much as a club and improve so much as a club with the new investments that they're going to be making. Players returning from loan. Um, that they might even start having some success in in Champions League. Mm -hmm. Juve are on the rise, and by the looks of it, they're going to be winning the Scudetto by next season. Yeah, and and who knows if they... Again, imagine they do change manager, you know, and potentially Mm. have all those tools at hand with a manager who plays more progressive football, for example. Mm. Dybala could have been a key piece. Yeah, they have the squad for it. I just feel like Dybala needs a new new start simply because of his track record at this point. Mm. You know, he's not seen as someone reliable and he can go somewhere, fresh start, you know, high hopes and see Uh what he can do. I think think that's more than anything. I think Dybala might not enjoy Mm. his next stint as much, maybe. So we can both agree the players? Yeah. Well, we're Classic. bold. We're bold. <laughs> the, next, <Bye. laughs> the next question comes from our good friend, Steve Colero, Shanda Bro, um, at Steve Colero on Twitter. He says, hot take, Juve will make top three, Napoli to drop out of the current top three. Napoli, Stia. Mm. Juve wow. fans don't believe in Napoli at all. I, I saw I that because they, <laughs> they witnessed it with their very eyes, Napoli <laughs> on the brink. I'm, I'm not bringing it. Um... It's not. I mean, a, at this at this yeah. rate, I, I would say Inter at, at this rate. I mean, we're we're nearing towards the end of the season soon. In in yeah. four weeks, we're going to be talking about the end of the season. The end of the season. You know, it'll only be a couple of of match days away, um, around four, I think. Napoli and Inter need to play each other, and by the looks of it, Napoli might get the upper hand at the moment. So that might be a a big tell. 
Look, what I see is Juve making the top three is very possible. Um, Napoli to drop out, I would say, is the, exactly. the hot part of the take. Exactly. Um, I'm not sure I agree that Juve will make top three, but it, it's it's very possible. It's very mm. possible. That's it. Um, I don't know. If, if I really had to bet money, like right now, I would say my top three in no specific order. And, and I drinks like I'd put Inter, Milan <laughs> and Napoli. They've just been so good. Um now the fact that you know Napoli lost Ozyman for a game now through suspension mm-hmm. that might Against be Atalanta. the reason that Juve overtake them so who the fuck that's knows? true that's true knows? it's Juve. very tight and, and Inter do have a game in yeah. hand as well and they'll probably get us a walk a walk over victory um, that puts them in the same situation as Napoli in, in yeah. likeliness and then and, and in points so but you say Milan Inter and Napoli have been so good but had Juve started the season like this, we'd be talking about how good Juve have been. That's true. That's true. It's just the sporadic lapses that these top three teams have had happened all in one go in the beginning for Juve. And it was yeah. for obvious reasons. They got Allegri back and everyone was playing out of position. Yeah, the complete opposite. Ronaldo just left. Yeah. And it was, it was mental. That's true. That's true. The next question comes from our boy Mason Dawananda. Okay, he says, Ozyman's performance means that Duke got fed this week. Duke is his dog, the most handsome <laughs> dog in the world. He's a Napoli fan, yeah. Mason. But my question is, how long will he stay in Serie And who should Napoli be looking at for next season to replace Insignia? Not that he contributed anything apart from morale this year. With a Mertens who seems close to expiry and Lozano going, will Napoli be able to build on this? Or are we looking at a flash in the pan? So, I, I see Ozyman staying at Napoli. Um, I did read somewhere that they'll be listening to offers in the 100 million region. Yeah. That, that could be very good for the club, but keep him. Yes, like, li- I, listen, I would say that the me, project is pretty convincing right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think they could keep him for another year. Uh-huh. And I think Ozyman would be keen to prove more mm-hmm. to the Napoli fans because his two seasons have been interrupted. So, he'll be keen to show them that. So, I think he'll stay on. True. Should they lose him? Who would they? Who would no, they? No, no. Who shall they replace Insignia with? Uh, left wingers. I I can't think of many in in Serie A. So obviously, Lazio have an have an abundance. Fiorentina have an abundance. Yeah, um, but none of them really. I would see fitting into Napoli that much. It's tough. They'd have Saponara to, they'd have <laughs> they'd have to take a, they'd have to take a risk if they shop locally because there aren't many mm. fantastic left wingers that come to mind right now. I mean, they could technically, if they really want to take a risk on a really hot talent right now, they could go for a Sassuolo Straore. Mm. Hamad, you know, he's been that's doing true. really well on the left. That's fucking, that's a good shout. Um, Fuck me, they could have considered Boga had he stayed on the Boga, exactly. But a, he's just moved, so that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe they could take a punt on Musa Barrow. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't touch that, to be honest with you. I was going to say, Okareke, you could get him on a deal ah, if Venezia go it. down. Why not? He's a good player, Okareke. Okareke down the left flank. The for thing is, it depends. He'd be good for, for depth, I guess. Who was I going to say, man? Jesus. Um, I was going to say... Oh, imagine they go for Rebic. Oh my god. Imagine oh my they go for Rebic. That would be great for them. But I can't see it happening. No, I can't see it happening either. But just okay. imagine. Yeah. Or Dybala, who knows? You can play Dybala. anywhere. Dybala could... You, you said it would be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, That would be an oxymoron. <laughs> 
Um, he also says, also, can you legally marry Pellegrini's right foot? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> this Mason guy is fucking funny. He is, bro. Um, can you legally marry Pellegrini's right foot? You can legally marry yourself in some places, so I'm sure you can. To be honest, I've been tempted in, in having an affair with Verda's left foot, so I'm, I'm sure <laughs> there's a will, there's a way, Mason. Yes, you should sir. go for it. So thank you very much for the question. We'll go to the next one. It comes from my childhood friend, Keith Brinkaltrafini. Hey, Keith my boy. BR95 on Instagram. Shana Keith. Shana brother. He says, do you think Dybala will join an Italian team, maybe Milan? I don't think so, man. I really don't think so. I really see him going abroad. Like yeah. we discussed it, it either be Spain or England, and I'm leaning a bit more towards yes, England. Yes, we already discussed this briefly. I think he needs a fresh start. I think he knows he needs a fresh start. And I can see him leaving the league. If he does stay in the league, I see him going to Inter more than anyone is. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, that for sure within the league he'll, he'll probably go to Inter. Um abroad, like we said, there's there's Conte at, at Spurs, so that might be tempting if, if Conte stays on and there's also a spot probably for him in, in Barca. But the, the interesting thing is we're saying he needs a fresh start. He would recognize that for sure, but he'd also recognize that he's 28 years of age and he needs to be good in his next move. He can't rely on a move after that because exactly. he might be of a certain age That's true. at That's that true. point. So he needs to be careful with this, with this decision and I think the Prem might be a bit of a risky one for him. Yes, I think it would be. La Liga. La Liga is mm-hmm. the way to go. But then maybe he'll be like, I'm not going to retire without having tried that the yeah. Prem and, and then we'll, we'll see it's we'll see we'll see how he approaches it maybe he's like fuck it I'll accept less like, exactly. <laughs> we'll see I highly exactly, highly exactly what will happen yeah. he'll retire as a Milan legend <laughs> <laughs> the second best number 10 behind Seedorf yeah so bro that's pretty much everything man we can wrap this this long boy up yeah two hours 15 minutes wow wow we wow wow we wow thank you guys, you guys if you've listened this far Yes. Thank you if you didn't, I guess. That's yeah. uh, Thank you very listen. much. Anyway, thank you for your support. You can, of course, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Seah Spotlight. Thank you very much, guys. We love you. Appreciate you. Good night.